This is the Strength Anger Podcast, part of the Berserker Strength Radio Network, featuring APF Illinois State Chairman Eric Stone, as well as AAPF AWPC Powerlifter Robert Bain. We are coming at you from 2XL Powerlifting in Lombard, Illinois, and you can find this podcast online on anchor.fm. here we are we've got uh is, is this an exciting episode for me anyway uh and i think for everybody else involved so we have uh sitting here in the strength and anger studios myself and eric stone and we have on the line the everybody sucks podcast say what's up guys <laughs> what's up that was my radio man voice so you know sunday 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 here we are <laughs> I am I am very very excited for this one because uh, I actually was introduced to you guys uh, through my own searching through Apple Podcasts. I was looking for reviews on the WPO Super Finals, and I caught your guys' interview with uh, Oliveira and Michael Fahey. And oh yeah, they so just found us randomly. Yes, I completely found you guys randomly, and then I listened to it. I honestly, because I didn't know who you guys were, I was waiting for it to be either a it's going to be a ambush on Fahey, or it's going to be a, a decent review of the WPO, and I really wanted to get feedback because everyone that was there gave us positive feedback. But I'm like, I want to know what people who weren't there wanted to say. Like, what was the production wow, like? Okay. Uh, that's, that's exactly really what we that's, went for, that's too. Not, uh, that's not how I thought yeah. you found us. That's so funny. So, oh, my gosh. So you must have listened to that right after we recorded it then. Yes, it was like the day after you guys dropped it. And so then I hear about, quote, unquote, the hype guy. And so I'm like, oh, cool. And so then I reposted the, you know, thanking you guys for the shout out, identify myself as the hype guy. And that's kind of where the interactions kind of just trickled in here and there. I followed your guys' uh, Instagram, yeah. uh, then eventually followed both of you, and then started listening to the podcast, you know, as you guys would drop episodes. And I think it was probably, I'm assuming, Bri- Brianna, you usually uh, run the, the Instagram page, correct? Yeah, I'm really bad at running the Instagram page, but I do it. <laughs> but you, you, you responded to me because I reached out and I said, hey, any yeah. chance you guys will be at the Arnold? And then Dude, this all – we were so stoked. Uh, yeah. I was – I was like – so even like when we put that uh, – when we recorded that podcast, like I didn't even – like we literally just didn't know your name. Mm-hmm. We were just like, this dude is sick. Like he kept the energy high the entire time, whatever. And then probably like two days later – you reposted it, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, what a small world! How did you find that? Like, that's so sick." Yeah, I, I thought you had just like somebody told you about it or something. No, no, I, I didn't realize you went searching and found it yourself. I went looking because I wanted to. I honestly wanted to hear somebody say, "This is just my personality." I wanted somebody to say some shit. That's what I wanted. <laughs> and, oh, <really? laughs> so, like, please do somebody say something. And all because I had a bunch of, I have a bunch of friends or people I know. It's probably a better way to put it. They basically were telling us all the way up until the day before, like, ESPN's not going to show. Right. This thing's not going to happen. You know, Eric is part of the – so you guys don't know Eric as well, uh, you know, as I do, but Eric is part of the production crew. Like, he he's one of the referees. He was announcing on the second day of the semifinals. So Eric is oh, deeply shit. involved mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. so, you know, cool moment for Eric talking about, you know, when, uh, when Dave retired, Eric was the guy announcing that on that video. Like, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that was that was a cool moment. That yes. was really. Cool. And I, I'll, I'll save Eric to get to talk about that because that was really dope. Uh, but yeah, so that's um, what was I saying? I kind of lost my train of thought when I was talking about Eric there. We were just talking about so, the their so, podcast. Yeah, so we wanted to get people. Uh, 
I wanted to find somebody who was saying some shit about the WPO because so many people had said, there's no way you guys are going to pull it off. And that was yeah. me kind of with my head held very high saying, fuck you. Yeah, we did. And then I found you guys. I'm like, oh, they agree with us. Yay. We can make friends. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's kind yeah, of the context they, they of how this look, all came to be. That WPO, like on ESPN, like was seemed pretty flawless from how it, how they made it out to be. I don't, I honestly, like I just have the worst memory and maybe we talked about it in that episode but it's it was probably way more hectic um it was like the the duck that was swimming across the water that looks really smooth <laughs> but yes. underneath the underneath the, the legs are just going crazy oh, yeah. yeah yeah i can imagine that it dude it was you couldn't tell you could not tell it was really cool no the production of it and the, oh, the, yeah. the broadcast of it was excellent the best i'd ever seen in 20 years of being around powerlifting yep but yeah yeah did you, did you guys go back and watch it at all or yeah, I've watched not mm-hmm. all of it. I've watched. I have watched much of it. Uh, if you guys have listened to our podcast at all, there's a, a running joke that I watch a video of one of my squats because it's not quite 700. I watch it every day until I actually squat 700 in a meet. <laughs> I haven't watched the WPO that many times, but it's pretty close because I just I love just reliving that atmosphere and just everything about it was just so cool and so unique. So I've I've probably watched it God, probably two three dozen times. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, that's man. Awesome. There you go. That's really cool. So, so uh, Eric, why don't you go ahead and take, uh, okay. take a couple things here? Sure. I'll go through a, a quick intro. I am yep. Eric Stone. Um, I may be the band and I are the oldens here. I'm 37. Um, I have been involved in powerlifting for 20 years now. Actually, yep. uh, my first meet was in 2000 um, as a 17-year-old. That's crazy. Um, always, oh, shit. Always wow. lived. Were you guys even born then? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Always lived around Chicago. Um, I did some searching on the internet um, when I got involved in, you know, basically just lifting weights and football um, and found that Ernie Franz's gym was like 10 minutes from my house mm-hmm. and did my first meet uh-huh. at Ernie Franz's gym on the third floor, which was a, uh, a former furniture store. Yep. And it felt like when you put a deadlift down that the entire building was going to come down. (laughs) (laughs) So from my kind of love of powerlifting and lifting weights, I went into uh, kind of the strength conditioning fitness field, um, got a degree in exercise science in college, um, and have been doing some sort of training, personal training, sports performance training um, for the last, eh, we'll say, 10 plus years. Started off working at a sports performance place. Um, then worked at kind of a boutique fitness place for a number of years. And then mm-hmm. six years ago or so, uh, myself and my partner, Howard Pendros, opened our own gym to XL Powerlifting, which we do some training. We do some powerlifting events. Um, oh, that's awesome. And that's kind of the other way I've been involved in the sport. Um, since 2004, I've been promoting powerlifting meets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I've probably promoted more meets than I've lifted in. Oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> Uh, I probably lifted in 40, 50 meets, but I've definitely promoted more than that. You're, you're approaching um, wow. the Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, with the new gym, with the exception of the current uh, <sighs> crisis, um, we've probably been doing, I would say, between seven, eight, nine meets a year. Yeah. Um, some small, some big, uh, but, you know, been involved in uh, refereeing and promoting meets. And that's how I kind of got involved in the WPO. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to one of our episodes, we talk about how you know, it was basically an email between Wayne and I saying, hey, do you have a spot for the WPO for next year? Mm-hmm. Him saying, not necessarily. 
And that's how we ended up with the WPO in Chicago yep. in October last year. Oh, that's right. Okay, cool. So best nice. training lifts I'll go through. And I've always competed multiply because that's all there was when I started in 2000. Yep. Um, got a best mm -hmm. squat of 727, uh, best bench of 475. And, with a superior handoff. Yeah, with superior handoff and best deadlift <laughs> of uh, 551. Last year or two, been doing mostly bench only meets. Mm -hmm. Would like to bench 500 um, before I go back to uh, running full meets again. Yep. Nice. Cool. So pretty sta sweet. Stan or Bree, who who wants to go next? I uh, I'm the old guy, so I get to go last. <laughs> I'll go. Um, my name is Brianna. I am 21. I've lived in Massachusetts my whole life. Um, I recently moved, or recently I spent three years now. I guess I moved three years ago with Stan. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, my sports background when I was younger, I, I was always the person that would like sign up for sports and then never, uh, ever show up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, you're that girl. <laughs> so I signed up for like soccer, lacrosse. I signed up for everything. I never went to a single practice. Wow. <laughs> just, just no interest in team sports. Um, and then I did, I did like pop one or cheerleading for a probably like four years total. Mm -hmm. um, and I really liked that. I really enjoyed that. My sister coached me. Um, and I was able to do a little bit of coaching uh, through like pop on or cheerleading and That's cool. whatever. That was really fun. And I, I honestly, a lot of that has helped me like now in powerlifting more so the physical aspect of it and like the mobility that I've been able to hold on to because of it. And sure. um, uh, <laughs> I've like, eating shit with a squat that should have like broke my leg, but yeah. somehow I managed to just do a split instead. So. Dude, she has like infinite internal rotation that none of the rest of us have. Oh, yeah. it's my, my wife actually was a cheerleader in high school and college. So yeah, I completely understand. Like they're just, you're all freaks. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's helped me quite a bit in powerlifting, but um, I've been personal training for, uh, since I was 18, so I guess three years now. Nice. Um, and now I was working at like a commercial gym. Now I'm working at like a, a small boutique like studio. But currently, because of coronavirus, I coronavirus. Come uh, on, coronavirus. <laughs> I've been uh, <laughs> I've been working from my guest room, doing um, online training through FaceTime, which has been pretty sick, honestly. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I got into powerlifting through Stan when I was like 16, I did my first meet and, um, he kind of was just like, Hey, you're pretty strong. Like we weren't even dating at the time. We were just mm. friends. It's like, Hey, you're pretty strong. You should uh, do this thing. And I was like, okay. So he convinced me to sign up, did my first meet. And then from there I was kind of hooked. Um, I got into Sounds like a devious way to, uh, to work his way in, but well done, sir. I, I applaud that. <laughs> yeah, <definitely>. Excellent <laughs> <Anyway>. work. <laughs> um, <laughs> When I, oh, so like I kind of got into multiply, like almost as a joke at first. Like we were in a commercial gym. Single ply, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S single ply is bullshit. I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't really know what it was. I was kind of like, I don't know, this seems cool. I'll do it. So he put a bench shirt on me in a commercial gym and I took like 225, five inches above my chest and thought it was the sickest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you held the stupid thing. Uh, I mean, that's that's cool. Most people won't even do that. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I was like, I was benching probably like not even a plate for a one rep max. So I wow. thought it was sick. Yeah. Um. 
And then, yeah, so I got into Multiply. I, two years ago, started working with Trigger Warning Conjugate, which is Anthony Oliver's, mm-hmm. um, whatever, company. Brand, um, yep. Brand, yeah, whole thing. So he's helped me a ton. Um, but yeah, now I train Multiply. My uh, best lifts in a meet are uh, 535 squat, a 285 bench and a 430 pull. Nice. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, one day I want to squat six, bench three, pull five, and then we'll go from there. But those are kind of the numbers I have my eyes on right now. That's awesome. Yeah. St- stay the man. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm Stanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, is it is it Stanley like you're only Stanley, or is it Stan, or which one do you prefer? It's doesn't matter. It's okay. Stanley. Well, I, I get, I get like, honestly, like a 50, 50 split of each. So I just take both. Well, because <laughs> Bane is either Robert or Bane, not Rob, not Bob, nope. not Robbie, not Bobby. Nope. It's Robert or Bane or Robert Bane. That's it. Yep. There's uh, a, a very, there's like a very funny I story from me called Bob. I would love that. Uh, yeah, no, Bob. no hard pass. <laughs> Uh, so there's a funny story from 2017, uh, tested worlds here in Chicago. Uh, what is Callie's last name? I can't remember what his name is. His name is the same as, uh, Emma's. It's right. Yolato James. Yeah. It's, uh, so they, they run the British powerlifting union and he was announcing and he called the bar was loaded for Bobby Bain. And so I squatted, I think it was like six 30 or something like that. Buried it, yep. came up and I walked off the platform and got right in his face and said, my name is Robert. <laughs> and so he's like he's never forgotten me since then so now at every meet he announced uh tested worlds in orlando and he calls me mr bane for every single lift that's tight yeah. that's wicked funny yeah that's, that's my name but anyway sorry to take take uh, some time there stanley all, all on you now oh you're good dude out of mind uh this is the most formal thing we've ever done on my posture where was that yeah i'm 25 years old uh, I'm a quarter of the way dead. Nice. <laughs> probably more than that. You're way honest. more than that. Yeah. That's like, consider what we all do. You're way more closer to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've always lived in Mass my whole life. I've mm-hmm. actually always, well, that's a lie. I haven't always lived in Amesbury. I grew up and now own a house in Amesbury, which is a pretty cool little town. It's mm-hmm. like pretty fairly, very close to the beach, probably 10 minutes away. Nice. Um, and then I did live in Lowell for a little bit. Okay. in college. Um, and you guys are Bellaric anyway, now, correct? So we live in Amesbury and we drive 45 minutes to train in Billerica. Got it. Uh, which is not that sick, but it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. Um, sports background. I mean, when I was real young, I did some gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, I spent nearly all of the time between 10 and 17 16 17 just playing like world of warcraft or other video games just eating mcdonald's i was kind of chubby had glasses braces i was homeschooled mm-hmm. i was just a fucking nerd man um, i would love you uh, that's awesome i love that <laughs> yeah, yeah dude uh so i took quite the 180 uh, mm-hmm. now i'm like covered in tattoos and <laughs> fucking power lift and looking extra um, thick by the way i saw the pictures you posted uh well done sir yeah, dude. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, 
So sports background, I don't really have one. I, I, I can't really say that the gymnastics really did too much for me because I was so young when I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably top, probably part of the reason that I have pretty good body awareness now. Sure. Um, but I feel like most people either just have that or they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, professional background, uh, I don't know if I'd call it professional, but I do train people. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a personal trainer. I do nutrition coaching. Uh, and I do some online training as well uh, for mostly general population, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. It, it's it's cool to have my foot in in kind of two different worlds, you know, with the general pop people, and then I associate and talk with a lot of powerlifters. Uh, you coach a lot of it's it's interesting to see the differences and similarities. Yes, uh, <laughs> for I sure. think Eric would probably relate to that a lot. Yeah, definitely. There's there are more similarities than differences. I'll tell you that, especially on the nutrition side. Oh, I can imagine. Um, how I got into powerlifting, I don't 100% exactly remember when I found out about it, but I know how I found out about it. So I started at a gym just because when I came out of being homeschooled and, and went into high school, mm-hmm. uh, I had a really tough time. Oh, like, so you had to transition from like eighth grade to freshman at a at a like a public high school? or? Yeah, and I had a really <laughs> tough time because – because one, I was very small. Like I, I was just shorter than everybody. For some reason, everybody at, at Amesbury High was like over six feet tall, and I was like fucking freaks. Five six, and by the end of high school, I was like five eight. Um, perfect. Height. So I was smaller than everybody. When I came in, I was like fat, had glasses, braces, just had terrible self confidence, and I didn't like know anybody. And Let, I let's call it what it is. Sports. At fourteen, you're a moving target right there. Like that's just what everybody's looking for. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, dude, like, I just, it sucked. Um, and so I was like, God damn, man. Like, I ended up losing weight from walking to school every day, so I wasn't chunky anymore. <laughs> nice. But then I was just, I was just small, dude. Yeah. Um, so I was like, damn, like, everybody, everybody's way bigger than me. I have no fucking self-confidence. I, I convinced my parents to let me sign up at Planet Fitness. Um, okay. So I started working out. And most of that was just because, like, I was like, dude, I would like, you know, I'm like 15, 16, and I want a fucking girlfriend, you know? So, and I also just didn't want to be the smallest kid in class, you know? So I started, like, working out, uh, and I'm, I'm, like, a super nerd about everything I get into, whether it be lifting, video games, anything. Like, I'll start reading about and watching as many videos to learn more about that thing as I can. Sure. Uh, and at the time... Most of what I would find on YouTube, if I would look up like strength training or, or, or like how to get big or something like that, a lot of the stuff that was coming up was like the old, like, uh, super training videos from like 2010 or 2008, like around that time. Right. Uh, and it was just all a bunch of big dudes wearing equipment. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was back when they're all still multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I was just like, oh, this is cool, and these guys seem like they know what they talk they're talking about. So I started learning how to like squat, bench, deadlift from all those videos, and then obviously I also found out what powerlifting was. So gotcha. I immediately was like, oh, I want to do that because those dudes are huge. Sure. Um, and so that's what kind of got me into powerlifting, and I didn't end up competing until I think I think I was almost twenty when I competed. So it was four years before I ever actually stepped in and did a meet. And I did my first meet at. Uh, 181 pounds. Aw. Uh, yeah, small dude. And I totaled like 1,200 or something terrible. <laughs> um, 
that's, anyway, that's, that's, a, that's a solid total. I told thirteen hundred at two forty two my first meet, so um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a solid total. Hey, there you go, there you go, dude. Um, best training and meet lists. Actually, my best lists are in a meet. Um, nice. And I try to I try to always send up that way. So my best my best lifts in competition. I have an eight hundred pound squat. Uh, this is multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a five hundred pound bench and a seven hundred pound deadlift. Nice, very nice. Um, yeah, so I was hyped on that. I I, uh, I locked that down in November. Mm-hmm. My first two two thousand pound total. So I was stoked about that. Um, and I'm looking to hopefully total twenty one hundred in this upcoming November. That's okay. awesome, man. I love that. That's uh, what what meet is that going to be in November? That's going to be in Concord, New Hampshire. What's that one called? It's the New Hampshire State Championships or is something. It, is yeah, it, is it, it's, 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 I'm assuming that's an RPS. Or? It's APF. Oh, excellent. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I know we have a we have a new state chair up there in New Hampshire. I know oh, that nice. just started running meets not too long ago. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Brian Silfies is the one that hosts that meet, and we were, I was actually supposed to be competing in like, uh, in two weeks, but it got canceled because of coronavirus, so I'm actually going to hop in and do that one in November with him, too. Oh, are you supposed to be down to South Carolina, or? Uh, no, the, the same guy up in Concord was supposed to be hosting, but yeah, yeah, all, all is fine, we're, uh. We're not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty furious about it because I was looking forward to traveling and going to meets and everything. But you know, yeah, I it, know. Are, it are what it are it right now. A, it definitely is a bummer. But hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll wrap up the intros and then we can get into some fun stuff. So, uh, you know, my name is uh, Robert Bain. I am 38. I am ancient compared to the rest of y'all. Uh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've been around actually. I'm also an East Coast guy. I was born right outside of Washington D.C. Uh, Fairfax, Virginia is where I grew up and, uh, moved to Eastern Iowa. If you guys are familiar with the Midwest at all. So I lived in Cedar Rapids, uh, for about 15 years. And about 10 years ago, my wife and I, uh, moved to the Chicagoland area. We live here. Uh, I live just about an hour, eh, call 45 minutes north of, uh, where 2XL is. And I met Eric through just, you know, doing meets and kind of being around the sport. Uh, my sports background is pretty singular. I played soccer for almost 30 years. Uh, I played in high school, played in college. I played a little bit after college, uh, Wow, this, that's a long time to play soccer. Yeah, I, I started when I was uh, when I was four and a half, uh, almost five, and then I continued playing, and then I played you know, kick about stuff all the way up until I was about thirty-five years old. And still, every now and then wow. we'll take the ball out, but it's a little tough to run around and you know kick and run and jump and sprint at two hundred and seventy pounds. So I just don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, people laugh because I, I graduated high school. I was one hundred and forty-five pounds. And same height, Yo, same. same height, same height, five foot eight. And, uh, I mean, my legs were pretty large. Like I always kind of had those great genetics, uh, from that perspective. And so I was just a bean pole, uh, you know, from the waist up. And so it was not, uh, not the best look, but you know, it worked for, for soccer. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, my professional background, I, I was in the restaurant industry for about 10 years, start when I was 16. I got out of that. I got into logistics and transportation. I've been doing that for 13 ish years now. Uh, you know, I work in sales. I basically, I, I slang freight and, uh, uh, transportation management systems and talk trucks and stuff like that all day. So it's, uh, it's an interesting gig, but it, uh, it pays the bills and it's, you know, kind of, it's been good to us. My wife, uh, actually is a stay at home mom full time. And then she also is a personal trainer and group fitness instructor. Uh, we have, four, oh, that's awesome. yeah, we have four beautiful children's, uh, 16, 14, 11 and 10. Uh, actually today is my wife and I's 15 year anniversary, which is kind of cool. 
I was just going to say, you posted a picture of your wife. She's smoking hot. Right? I way outkick my coverage. <laughs> it's crazy. And you were only 145 back then? No, no. So Nick met me uh, when I was going into my junior year of college. Yes, yeah, so 2002. Uh, so she met me. I was at that point probably about 200 pounds. So I, I started lifting and I put on almost 60 pounds the first nine months that I started lifting. I was eating like an asshole. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. 60 pounds in nine months. That's oh, yeah. I was just. And, and it was Jesus so, Christ. it was so funny because I got, I, we came into training camp my sophomore year and they were, they were open training camps and the coach from Grandview University in Des Moines was there and he's talking to my coach and my, my coach is from Bosnia. So I always got to do Amir's accent and he's like, Oh, you know, who's, who's this guy's like, Oh, this is Robert. Do you remember he, he bust up shoulder last year when you guys play? And he's like, get that kid tested. So I was tested for three years, <laughs> my last three years of college. Oh my God. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, lots of accusations thrown my way, but passed them all. So go me. Uh, that, but but that actually kind of got me started lifting. I, I trained with a guy who Travis lives in Sweden now, but actually made it onto WWF's Tough Enough. If you guys remember that back on MTV back in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, he yeah. actually he actually made it on the show and actually made it into a couple episodes. And he was my original training partner. And that's sick. We, oh, that's looking funny. We didn't have this whole, like, you know, hey, you're strong for your body weight. It was either you can pick up the weight or you can't fucking train with us. And so that's all I knew. <laughs> so that's that's what yeah. kind of got see have eaten like an asshole, 18 years old, test us through the roof, lifted heavy weights all day, every day. Size comes along with it. It was kind of crazy. So that's pretty bad. <laughs> always lifted. That, that was all, all I did. And then this creepy Russian guy saw me when I was rehabbing my knee uh, playing soccer, you know, from like 30 years old. And he just kept pushing me to do a meet, pushing me to do a meet. And on my 32nd birthday, I did my first meet, uh, Illinois State oh, meet. Funny. Yep, I got fourth out of five because yeah, the fifth guy bombed. Meet on my birthday too. Nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, total 1300. Like I said, I got fourth out of five because the fifth guy bombed out. And so it was a it was a great experience. And that's awesome. Uh, fast forward to now, uh, best in meet lifts of a 694.6. I remember that number very very vividly. It's not 700 uh, squats, uh, 385 bench, and a 705 pull. In training, uh, 749 squat, uh, 391 bench, and a 740 pull. And this is all no. raw. Yes, all all yeah. raw, naked knee, blah 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 blah. So it's just because I'm fat. Impressive. It's just because I'm fat, so it's easier. It's like having gear on essentially. So. <laughs> uh, hey, those are big numbers. Don't have, <laughs> don't try to talk. <laughs> so the you know, and then goals, you know, because we we kind of had this you know kind of set out. So goals originally, the goal for this year was at AWPC Worlds in Limerick, Ireland. The goal was to uh, squat eight hundred four naked knee, bench uh, four twenty three, and deadlift uh, seven forty five. I think is what it was, uh, which would take all four uh, open raw records in the AWPC. Uh, from some Russians who did it in Russia with some questionable standards. Uh, let's bring all those back to the U.S. So that was the goal. It's still the goal, but that may have to be adjusted based on everything going on right now. So, Dude, in Ireland, huh? Do you typically travel for meets? Yeah, so I haven't done a local meet in uh, three years other than, uh, I guess, well, I guess Worlds and Nationals was in 2017. Correct. Uh, but, yeah, so I've done, I've been to Grand Rapids, South Car- I've been to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I've been to Manchester, England. Actually, Eric and I competed there together uh, in 2018. Uh, Orlando, Florida last year, we kind of, now just because of the age of my kids, we try to, uh, you know, build vacations around meets. So that's what we did last year. We went down for, uh, for worlds and then we actually stuck around for another six days and, you know, went to the parks, did all the, you know, family bullshit. Um, 
this year the plan That's pretty sick. this year the plan was and, and again technically still is is uh because it's my wife and i's anniversary uh this year we're gonna go over to uh ireland do the meet and then we're gonna go to london uh glasgow we're gonna go to the highlands uh to see scotland because my family's scottish and my wife wants to hear guys talk with an accent and wear kilts um <laughs> And then we're going to go to uh, to Paris. Uh, there is a uh, Hilton property. We because of all I travel for work, uh, we get lots of points and we stay places for free. There is a Hilton property on the Gardens of Versailles, and my wife wants to go there because she's always wanted to see that. And so my wife and I are supposed to go and have a couple of breakfasts uh, while overlooking the Palace of Versailles, go do the Paris thing, and uh, you know go be adults. And that's uh, that's kind of the plan right now. But again, that's all up in the air right now. That's really cool. Man. Uh, hopefully you guys get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, awesome. It's really cool that uh, you're able to intertwine your, your passion, which is like powerlifting and lifting weights with, um, with family and stuff. That's really rad. Yeah. It's been cool. My, uh, if you guys actually kind of scroll back through the, the old instas, uh, my daughter actually competes with me as well. Uh, she competed last year at nationals and at worlds. And, um, I mean, you want to talk about a cool experience. So you guys are, you know, younger, you know, maybe, you know, planning a family someday if you want to, but it's, uh, it was one of the most impressive things to, you know, stand in the warm-up room at a world championship. You have all these different accents and smells and, you know, all these things going on. And just watch my daughter just come out and fucking crush. And it was just That's awesome. amazing. How old is she? Uh, she is 14 now. She was 13 then. That's so awesome. That's yeah. fucking rad. It was, it was cool. So. Yeah. So we have intros. Everyone knows who we are. Yay. Uh I'll I'll start for you guys. Why why did you start doing the podcast? What what got you guys into doing it? Why did you want to start it? So we uh I I guess like I about a year a little over a year ago. It's been over a year now. Yeah, yeah over a year ago. I was just one day I was like, dude, you know what would be so cool is if we started a podcast, like just to talk and hang out with our friends and so I was like, Yeah. And then a couple months later he was like Bree, you know what we should do? We should start a podcast. <laughs> You're like, wow, that's a great yeah, idea. Man. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we just started to talk to our friends. Like, it's, uh, I feel like we live in, like, this age of social media, and that's, like, a, the main form of communication, and it's pretty shallow as far as, like, how deep conversations go, and it's always um, distracted almost. So we wanted to start it just to sit down and have uh, long-format conversations with our friends or people that we found interesting or um wanted to know more about and that's really the only reason we started a podcast like um Yo, you like know. we don't make money off of it like it's just literally just for fun for us so mm -hmm. dude yeah. the sickest part about the podcast is now when we meet people who listen to the podcast in person there's zero awkwardness because they've already heard us be super fucking weird right <laughs> they already know us and they almost like uh, on their from their end, they're almost like already friends with us, so we just have to become friends with them. Right. It makes it super fucking easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it yeah, eliminates that awkwardness. Like when you, if you feel awkward, like introducing yourself, it's like it's all gone. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're, it's like I feel like when people see us in public now, they're like, "Oh, here are these two like super weirdos." It's not going to be weird <laughs> at all. If I come up and say hi to them. Yeah. The uh, the first time we ever had anybody say that they listened to our podcast was actually oh, that was so at, um, sick at the it was program. it was actually just about a year ago yeah it was at the women's program and I was just warming up um, and this girl Karen her name's like R Renjo or something yeah she's about um, six hundred at the semis yeah 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 she yeah Karen Brad so she came up to us and she was like hey like I listened to your podcast and we were both like what people listen to that. <laughs> Wow. 
and uh, it was really sick. So yeah, we've made like a lot of a lot of uh, relationships, built some relationships through the podcast, and that's like my favorite thing about it. Now we, I don't know, it just it's it's nice to have these long conversations with people and not have it be interrupted by like scrolling on your phone. Yeah, you know, like you're like, setting aside time. I mean, yeah. even like with you guys, like. We saw you real quick at the WPO, but like mm-hmm. you're kind of at this thing and you can only like stop and, and talk for so long, especially when there's so many people in the room that you want to get to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's cool with the podcast. You can be like, all right, we're setting aside like a time and date uh, and we're just going to fucking chat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's uh, so. So we've got kind of an interesting background with this. So I actually did, did another podcast prior to this. Uh, which, oh. Yeah. So. The whole story with that, I'll, I'll go into it off the air. Uh, long story short is we just, the other co-host and I had different visions of what we wanted the podcast to be. I wanted something that was very much about like the history and the kind of the folklore of powerlifting. You know, Eric and I have talked about this a lot, is that there is such a deep, rich history to this sport that really just doesn't get talked about. You know, West Side versus the World kind of started talking about it, but I'm like, dude, there is so much. That barely scratches the surface. When you get, you know, the Franz team and you get, uh, some of the guys from Big Iron and some of the other different like different stories, and then you have got the evolution of the mono, and then you have the evolution of like the bencher. There's a, I mean, and then you have the fragmentation of the of uh, the different federations. Like, there's so much to talk about. I don't just want to talk about the latest, you know, 94 kilo USAPL lifter who squatted 700. I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and and the other thing too was like raw is not the law. There's a whole spectrum of uh, of lifters that just you. Know, I feel need to get some spotlight and need to get some, some play because there's just, there's a whole cool, uh, you know, subculture that just doesn't, you know, get as much because the USAPL doesn't talk about it. So, yeah. And I think that, uh, Bane and I, you know, he started training here off and on for a while (laughs) and he and I would just have these great conversations just as he was going through his workout. And I had talked with somebody else, one of my training partners here Mm -hmm. about starting a podcast as is usual with this individual, like, He's great on ideas, and then when it comes time to do it, he kind of just disappears and womp, womp. just kind of his personality. Yeah. Yeah. But Bane had said, "Hey, uh, if you you want to do something, hey, let's let's get together and do it." And so yep. I started researching and bought a soundboard. And mm-hmm. uh, the first time Bane and I recorded, uh, it didn't <laughs> it didn't actually record. And it was after that. It's like we had a similar. And it's like we talked for like forty five minutes, and I was like, "Oh, that's all gone." He he texted me and goes, "Dude, I'm sorry." I'm like, "What? It didn't record." I'm like, you motherfucker. So and after it's so hard, like to try to replicate that and make it sound authentic, it's just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> to the next one. pretty much. If you listen to our first episode, you can tell there's definitely some like almost like scripting going on. Yeah, it, yeah. we should almost re-record something similar to that because it was not as good as sound quality and yeah. And definitely wasn't as authentic, like you said, as the first time. So that's where we got to it. Not having been around the sport for a decent amount of time at this point, gosh, I've got so many stories that like I've been told by Ernie Franz oh and Mary Sternberg and, and Karen Kidder back in the day. And then, you know, we wanted to, you know, kind of dive deep mm-hmm. into some of those issues and kind of find out what was truth, what was fiction, and, mm-hmm. you know, do a little bit of research on where, where's our Joe Exotic? Like we need to, we need to have all these things. You know? <laughs> Right. I, I really enjoy kind of going into those, you know, history of the sport and, yep. and, you know, educating people. You know, you guys maybe face this with, you know, raw versus geared. It's always thought, well, you know, raw is what the sport has always been, right? And geared Wrong. is new. Wrong. You know, definitely not. Um, the sport was mm-hmm. always geared and mm-hmm. raw is new. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So do you guys ever do episodes that are uh, 
are not pod- I mean, not um, powerlifting related, or you you focus specifically on powerlifting? We we kind of do like a little bit of like kind of a check in uh, before each episode, but generally speaking, they're all about just a different topic. You know, I I give Eric credit; he is very creative when it comes to topics. He's also been thinking yeah. about something like this for a long time. And yeah. so there's, there's already a backlog of stuff he's ready to go with. And then as just things have evolved, you know, we've got the WPO, we have coronavirus and the Arnold being canceled, like stuff just pops up that we need to talk about and we can push things back. But generally speaking, I don't think yeah. we've had anything that is non-powerlifting or strength related. You know, it's interesting. Awesome. Uh, when we were researching an episode for next week, um, I have old internet forum posts saved. Oh, yes. From like the early 2000s on some of these things. Like uh, we're going to talk about the origin of the monolift. Because there's a hoarder. And it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, Monolift is actually a brand name. It's the name of a company. It's not the name of the device. Right. Um, and I have this old internet post saved that I dug up um, that talks about the history of it. And I, through the years, I've had all these little tidbits of things that uh, a- haven't had an avenue to express them. Right. In. So, yeah, I definitely have a uh, an, an e-hoarder, which doesn't take up as much space as regular hoarding. It's correct. Very, very correct. <laughs> That's, right, that's right. smart. Sounds like you guys are able to use the platform to just nerd out, which is sick. Yeah, just just Hulk out, nerd out, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, we just we love, and, and I think both of us too have this this, this deep seated passion for the sport. Uh, obviously, Eric's been doing it for so long, and I've just I found kind of a community that I I desperately searched for after you know leaving you know kind of the fraternity of playing on a soccer team. I was like, I never had that, and then I come here, and it's like people aren't necessarily my teammates, but you have people from all over the country and all over the world. I mean, I had people, yeah. you know, text me on WhatsApp that know my wife and I that have, we've met through powerlifting, wish this happy anniversary. I'm like, how fucking dope is that? This community is just uh, yeah. awesome. It is. It's a really cool community. And uh, I think the more connections that you're able to make, the better, not only lifter that you're going to be, but like just understanding that you're going to have. And there, if you're looking in the wrong spot, there's going to be so much negative aspects of it yep. and so much like pettiness. But if you're looking in the right spot, you can become... Uh, not a really good person and a really good lifter just from the support of the community, which is really cool. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that's what attracted me to the sport. Even as a teenager was, you know, I was sitting there trying to wrap my knees with these cheesy knee wraps with Velcro on them. And Maris Sternberg, (laughs) who, uh, was a big Franz lifter. She was one of the individuals involved in the Ernie Franz versus IPF lawsuit. Yep. And she was announcing and if Ernie Franz is the godfather of powerlifting, she's like the fairy godmother of powerlifting. <laughs> and she uh, she called over one of the Franz teammates mm-hmm. and had him wrap my knees before my third squat, which was like 10 times tighter than I'd ever had my knees wrapped before. It's crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. That first time you get tight knee wrapped, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you're like, wait, now I have to do what? <laughs> yeah. And see, see, that's one of the many reasons why I've stayed naked knees. I just haven't had the right opportunity to do that, but... Well, we'll change that. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 things coming. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So, uh, what do you what do you guys uh, before we move on to the next uh, talking point? What do, what do you guys like want the general vibe of your podcast to be? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think informative, historical, mm-hmm. but still conversational. And I'm I'm the goofy one, so I just I try to you know drop in some funny stuff. If you guys listen to it, you hear I do a lot of really crappy Trump impressions because we just find them really funny. Uh, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Uh, with, with some Louis impression thrown in there as well. Eric does a does a mean Louis. Like if you just drop one on us, man, because it's it's solid. Well, you know, on speed days we do speed. <laughs> on max effort days we max out, and we alternate max effort squats, max effort deadlifts, and max effort good mornings. 
And this is and this is like what our conversation started up with us just kind of joking around and having fun. Like, and then I, you know, again, we would just, and it all just came organically from that. But that's that's kind of the vibe. Is like, you know, hey, we want to inform, we want to entertain, and we want we want to attract if we can just the average Joe lifter who's like, oh, I want to know more about how you know the squatting thing started or whatever. And just if that can attract you know a half a dozen more people a year into the sport, it's all for the better. And honestly, I think Eric yeah. and I talk to each other. Well, and that and yeah. <laughs> Bane has known people will be talking about something in the gym, and then I'll just go off on like a ten minute tangent <laughs> about you know, not wrong. whatever the topic they're talking about. Like, oh, well, why do you guys do this equipped lifting? And I'll go into like a ten minute tangent on how yep. raw lifting is new and equipped lifting has always been around. And because he he's essentially like lifting Wikipedia, and so it's like all of a sudden you just go down the rabbit hole, and there's there's you know a ten minute uh, so many stories. Oh yeah, so many. So so you guys. Dude. Uh, Go ahead. Have you ever? I'm sure you guys have heard the name um, Carlos Moran. I think I have. Yeah, I don't know why though. So he's, uh, I like he's one of our friends now. Like he's a he's a great lifter. He's mm-hmm. been lifting for how long? Probably like what, twelve to fifteen years. Yeah, um, probably he's, close to fifteen. Yeah, he's local to um, the East Coast, but he uh, we have had him on our podcast a few times, and mm-hmm. he just like goes off i feel like you guys would get together so well we'll, we'll give you his contact info after this is over but love it. he's such a great person you guys would definitely love to talk because he loves nerding out nerding out, like he'll get super into the intricacies a lot more than we would about like anything you guys want to Dude, oh he and eric will vibe then he and eric will totally vibe <laughs> yeah he's i believe the number six ranked lifter at 198 raw in the world oh nice uh, so he's like got some some cred too, you know. Yeah, he's awesome. a strong guy. He's a he's an awesome person. But um, we ha- we had an entire episode, and he was just we were just talking about the nuisances of bench lift or handoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I started listening to that one. I haven't gotten through it yet, but I did start listening to the nuance of uh, of handoffs. You know what? Uh, yeah. J M Bakley had a as part of one of his. I think it was a VHS tape my Here wife had back in the go. day. I mean, he spent probably, my wife said, 20 minutes in the video talking about how to hand off to someone in a bench shirt properly. And, really? and, and Yeah, I wonder if my, I think my wife borrowed that from Eric Marosher, who was nice. her coach at the time. And nice. he talked about letting go of the bar five pounds at a time. And, mm-hmm. and Jackie, you know, was trying to learn how she could help as part of the team. Mm-hmm. I have particularly short arms. Even at a low bench height setting, it is difficult to get the bar out to me on the bench and I have no problem with it. it. Yeah, you don't, but it's usually a rite of passage for new team members (laughs) to hand off to me and they like plop it down. Yes, that is true. I usually have them start with something light that's, you know, won't bother me, but uh, it's difficult to get out to somebody with super short arms. Like if you've guys seen uh, uh, Stacey Almahone from Hawaii, you know, the women's pro am, she had her little extra hooks yeah oh she had those at the uh show that super finals last year too. even lower yeah. i mean it is yeah i'm sure you know her significant other doesn't find but mm-hmm. to the average joe that'd be pretty challenging to to hand out to her sure sure yeah you're doing like a, a round back deadlift yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. so what about you guys what what's what are you guys looking for with like the podcast itself like what's the vibe what's the the goal with it i want it to feel like you're Sitting down at the end of a long day with the boys, mm-hmm. or I guess plus Brianna too, yeah. and just it's always and just kicking back and chilling, dude. Like just having a just a random ass conversation because that was like the biggest thing when I was growing up. Like 
I had the same group of best friends who were like all rejects. And like we would all get out of school every day and just go to his parents. You house were just late like, bloomers, Stanley. It's fine. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we, we would just go to his house and it was like four or five of us. And like we didn't have any friends except for us. And we would just go sit down and like sit around in the room and just chill and talk and like play video games. And I, I want I, I wanted the podcast to be that kind of vibe where like you can just kind of like chill out, half listen. Sure. I also I also think I am like the funniest person to myself. Like I just think I'm hilarious. So I like <laughs> nice. I like having I, and I'm really not that funny, but I think I'm funny. And that's really all that matters. So real news, correct, like, accurate facts. <laughs> <laughs> and I like we. I know that before we uh, started recording, you guys were talking about Dalton. Um, him and I get along so well. So we did a podcast the other day. I just think it's so funny to like just like goof off. And I I do end up saying things that like I'm like oh fuck like I wish I didn't say it like that or like whatever. But it's honestly like our vibe is just have a good time. Make somebody laugh and carry on. Yeah, you know when like you're done after a hard training session mm-hmm. and you go out to eat with all the fucking training partners and you're all just chilling, dude. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's that's what we're going for. We yeah, we typically just favorite. drink here in the gym. That's usually what we do afterwards. But <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so why is it called Everybody Sucks? Where does that come from? Go ahead, Stanley. You named it. Yo, to be honest, I don't really know, dude. We, <laughs> I feel like that's a carryover from like the transition from middle school to high school. It's like, man, everybody sucks. Fuck this. You guys all suck. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm very introverted. Like, I'm I am and I'm not. I, I would consider I would consider an introverted person someone who recharges, mm-hmm. kind of gets their energy back from being alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they don't like to socialize. Whereas I would consider an extrovert, like a lot of people will get out after a work, a full hard work week. And the first thing I want to do is go hang with their friends at a bar. And that's kind of like where they recharge. Sure. I consider that an extrovert. Whereas the introvert just wants to go home and sit on a couch. Um, Makes sense. So I'm very introverted. And at the end of the week, after I'm done training people, I just have this attitude where I'm like, dude, if I see another person, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, the title definitely makes sense with my personality. I feel like Bree is somewhat that same way, too. Okay. Uh, but honestly, uh, it probably doesn't do us too too well as far as getting new uh, viewers. No, it's pretty, it's pretty like, uh, like like hardo like yeah, I, I, confrontational yeah yeah and it's funny because i am not confrontational stands a little confrontational but i am not confrontational and i really don't think everybody sucks but that's kind of why we do um the first few episodes i was like we need to like make this somewhat positive because i don't know i just feel like this is too negative so we started doing this thing at the end of our podcast where we share a positive and a negative and that nice. brings a little bit of positivity into the everybody sucks uh, aspect of it but yeah it's kind of a weird name we might end up renaming it one day who knows but it's for no specific reason at all <laughs> yo the we the time between us deciding to start a podcast and us starting it was like three days nice yeah okay so <laughs> we have another name for the podcast which i'll think of as we're talking i can't remember it, it was one word and it was a very it was a In- insignificancy <laughs> yeah. we're gonna name it we're gonna name it insignificancy <laughs> 
And then wow. I, everybody I, sucks I, is better. I yeah, like everybody sucks. <laughs> Yo, dude, I couldn't even remember the word. I yeah. kept being like, what's the word? Yeah. And I was like, we can't call it that. There, there, is, there is a hilarious story on how Strength and Anger came about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Strength and Anger was the name I came up with. And it comes from a fight that my wife and I had. <laughs> probably one of our earliest fights when we were married. And I think whenever my, my wife and I don't fight very often, um, when we do, I'm usually very calm and logical, which is kind of my sense. It's very, uh, uncommon that I'll be emotional. And so my wife was really pissed, like yelling at me and, you know, she's, you know, don't you feel anything because I was just you know, <laughs> logically making my point mm-hmm. as I would as almost like a debate. And I think at that point, I finally did get angry. And I said, no, the only thing I feel is strength and anger. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> and then she said, what? You don't even feel love? Uh, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> like in this moment, no. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of an inside joke, but uh, it has a good story behind it. And we actually aren't. It's funny. Dave Hoff said he listened to a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, you're, you're not very angry um, in your episodes. No. But. No, you guys aren't angry. Uh, if you listen to the one where we review the article by uh, fucking Mark Ripetoe, Mark Ripetoe, I'm about as angry in that episode as I've been in any episode. <laughs> Is that the ear cancer episode? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So Eric like screams oh, in a mic, and there's yeah. like we call that ear cancer. I'm pretty loud. In oh that god. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I generally am never angry. Like. So, so that persona you guys see on the WPO stage, like that is 100% a, like a made up thing. Like that's not who I really am. Like I'm goofy. Well, when he's in the gym, he's sort of like that. Uh, I guess yeah, when I'm in the gym. But I'm like very low key. Like I don't talk super loud at, you know, in most settings, like when I'm person to person. That is like a whole, yeah. like, it's, it's like a kafab, essentially what that is. Well, it's like a job. <laughs> kind of. Is it one I kind of made yeah. it myself? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Stan, you talk about, uh, I don't think people that have not personal trained people before, I don't know that they kind of have the concept of like, one of my old bosses said to me, like, personal training will drain you. Mm-hmm. I don't think if you've done that, if you've like, spent a day training, say, eight or 10 one hour clients in a row, it just sucks the energy right out of you. It sucks the soul out of you, man. Oh, big time. And by the end Dude, of the day, maybe. it's just like, they take everything, your clients, because that's their one hour. Mm-hmm. And they just suck yeah. the energy right out of you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And we, a lot of the times, like, I feel like me more so than Stan, I'll get home and I'm just like, dude, I, like, can't really talk right now. Like, I'm just stuck. Because <laughs> that's what you do like, all day. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it can be like, like, you become a therapist at, at some point. 100%. Where oh, yeah. Where you're trying to help. Yeah, you somebody. carry everyone else's weight. Yeah. And people have bad days, and it sometimes happens that every single one of your clients had a bad day on the same day that you had a bad day, and mm-hmm. so your bad day is amplified by by ten per, tenfold. So and you you can't yeah. let off the steam though because you can't have no. your bad day in front of them. No, definitely not. Right, right. And I, honestly, I will say though, with the coronavirus and everything, I think um, still working and still seeing other people's faces right now has been so helpful for like my own sanity because mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're all going through this together, but like Stan sees like three, three people's faces throughout the week right now. Yeah. Okay. And I am able to see like 25 people's faces throughout the week. And like, that is super helpful right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at, like during a normal week, it's definitely way more exhausting, but it's, it's, uh, 
right now in the in the weird time that we're living in is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, no it's doubt. been tough. It's been really tough not working. I I yeah, can only imagine. Where... Which sounds like a total fucking first world problem. But like, dude, I just feel like a useless piece of shit, even though it's not by choice that I'm not working. Well, you, yeah. I mean, I think I mean? a lot of us, you know, we derive value from our work, definitely, especially if you do something like training, which is, you know, probably something you do more because it's something you enjoy rather than, you know, something that's just a job that's been presented in front of you. Yeah, I would say right. I do I do what I do because it pays well. I don't necessarily do it because I love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could, like, ever really do something that I didn't like doing. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know how people do that. That's hard. It's it's not that I don't like it because like my, like my passion outside of powerlifting and my family is, is the American professional driver. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here because I can. Um, The American professional driver is one of those things. There are two things in America absolutely 100% needs and that is farmers and that is drivers. If people don't make stuff for us to eat, we can't survive. If people don't move the shit to get to places that we're definitely not going to survive. The supply chain is, it is a web that affects every single one of us. And we're seeing that right now with what's going on with the coronavirus. Big time, yeah. yeah. But the 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 role of the professional driver has been diminished so much over the last fifty years since actually last forty years since deregulation that you know this used to be a very high esteemed profession and now it is looked at. I mean, you look, you see a truck drive down the road and what do you think? Oh, fucking truckers! We do it even subconsciously because they're the big rigs. They get in the way. They're dangerous. We're scared of them. There's, it's an eighty thousand pound missile running down the road. But at the end of the day, you got to think there is a human being. Who has a family? Who has bills? Who has stress? Who has you know health challenges? Because I mean, try st- try staying fit in a you know three by four foot you know tractor cab when you're driving eleven hours a day. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you have all yeah. those things going on, and he's controlling that eighty thousand pound missile. There is a massive mm-hmm. uh, gap between the respect and the and the pay that goes to the American professional driver and and what they're actually getting. And so that's been my passion since I started in logistics was how do I make their lives better. And so I've started then veering off into the tech sector, and when, if I can make them more efficient, I can make them, uh, you know, more visible to both the people that they're working with and the people on the road. Then their jobs become easier, and they can lower that stress level. They can start thinking more about not just you know, hey, I just got to get to the next stop. They can start being more critical thinkers, and they can start bringing esteem back to that job. And no longer do you have this aging population. You had a guy who's seventy-seven years old driving a big rig six thousand miles a week. That's not sustainable. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Hey, that right there just shows that you uh, like your job. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. it, so I just figured out a way to make money doing it. But yeah, if I had to like, if somebody sat yeah. down and said, hey, you're going to be a global account executive for a TMS system and you're going to go talk to, you know, shippers about their supply chain, I'm going to say, uh, you can fuck all the way off. But <laughs> I know there's a bigger means to it. And the fact that I, again, I get compensated well enough to make sure my wife stays at home. That's all gravy. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it is weird though. when you were just saying that it is weird how like when people get in their cars and like get on the road, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're, it's almost like the same way that people act on the internet. It's like, there's not a person behind in, in that car or there's not a person like in on the other side of that screen. And you just like, for some reason you do get these, like just thoughts of like, Oh, like an 18 wheeler, like what a, like I gotta get by this like so and so slow, whatever it may be. Right. So weird how that happened. Like it's just it's, it's, it's that that anonymity that you have. Definitely. Same yeah. thing with the internet. Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd. Fucking internet. Um, 
<laughs> so let's let's maybe switch gears. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm, do, I'm doing the ta- the Fahey thing going off. On yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, not even close. To <laughs> many tangents. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can uh, attest to that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, training wise, what type of training program do you guys follow? You know, for your own powerlifting. I, obviously, your clients are going to be much different, but from uh, your own training perspective, sounds like you guys are maybe following some conjugate style stuff. But if you could describe how you guys set that up. We do um, uh, we do our own type of conjugate. I would say we definitely follow the uh, the conjugate template, meaning like max effort days, dynamic days. But for us, that's a little bit different, just because we find uh, so much importance in more so like bodybuilding training, and that is part of conjugate for sure. But mm-hmm. I feel like we emphasize it a lot more than maybe somebody running a, a normal conjugate template or method. We um, do much more than most of the other people I know do. Yeah, and much more volume. And for, Um, I wouldn't even say much more volume because a lot of people do a shit ton of volume just with a barbell, but we do much less volume with the barbell and much higher with those like supplemental exercises. Yeah. With, um, with just like dumbbell cable, whatever, whatever, uh, the medium is, but, uh, that has, that we've done some trial and error stuff over the last few years. And it seems like what we're doing now is getting us the strongest. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to keep running that until it's not getting us strong anymore. But um, we do run conjugate in the way that we do use accommodating resistance. We use boards. Um, we do speed work every Friday, speed work every Saturday. Speed work. But speed work. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and we really enjoy it. And we have a great training crew right now that is, uh, I think we have eight people right now that that work with us like four days a week nice obviously obviously not right now but um when we get when we get back into normalcy uh so it's it's a lot we were just having this conversation the other day too like for us it's a lot of fun and once it becomes not fun then we have to change something so right now we've found a really good um, medium between like making sure all of us are getting stronger and all of us are having a good time doing it so both of those things are really important when it comes to training crafts. Yeah, for me personally, because I'm a little more battered and broken, I uh, so so I prior- heard. Yeah, <laughs> I prioritize recovery over any other uh, part of the methodology. So like, mm-hmm. if it's if it's max effort day, and I don't feel like my body's prepared to do that, I just don't. Like I'm not married to following the template exactly. Okay. Um, so I, I I use my intuition a lot. People call it like intuitive training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use that a lot, and I I ref we reference especially me I reference the conjugate template uh, for a basic plan, but I don't always follow it exactly. Sure. Uh, and that just totally depends on how I feel. Yeah, I think live to I fight another day, right? Safe. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think it would be safe to say like the way that we're structuring our workouts are definitely um, would look similar to like a conjugate template. Mm-hmm. But when we apply them, it looks a little bit different just because even our training partners, people who haven't been training for that long, like for like my sister had just started training with us like eight months ago. She has nothing. She's not powerlifting. She, she wanted to start working out because she wanted to get in shape for her wedding. And she started running conjugate with us. And like for somebody like her, if she feels like her lower Hashtag back feels ride. beat up, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, if she feels like her lower back is beat up, there is no fucking reason she needs to take a, a max box squat. Like, Say that louder for those in the back. Say that louder for those in the back. What the fuck? <laughs> so to, give, to give you guys a more specific example that's more helpful, say say she comes in, her sister, and we're doing uh, like a max effort squat or deadlift, and mm-hmm. she's just not feeling that good. We'll tell her either we might have her do speed pulls instead, mm-hmm. or we might have her skip the main movement entirely, move right on, and start with those supplemental exercises. Yeah. Um, that would be an example of like how we just we, we we don't change the day entirely. We just remove something. So what? You're not you're not going to go super hardcore and just ride it till the wheels fall off? What? <laughs> Hell no, dude! I've done that before. Yeah, yeah again, I, I heard that story. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Eric actually, had, I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. You've got a lot of really good thoughts on just training methodology. Obviously, you've been testing some stuff with your Midwest side. Uh, well, go ahead and talk through this because my training thought process is pretty simple. I just do what I'm told. So. Sure. Yeah, you know, I've used a bunch of different training styles. Um, back in the day, I trained with the Franz team, which is very heavy single-based in full gear. Yeah. Um, and he would actually, the, the, the true Franz team would do all three lifts together on Saturdays. Fucking bad um, jobs. And it would, it would be something where, yeah, we would do heavy squats in gear. Now, I wouldn't squat, bench, and deadlift. I would just squat and deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um and then I would bench on a separate day, which is kind of how very Marozier style of you. yeah, which is kind of how my team got started. Was uh, three of us, my wife and a myself and a training partner, started benching together on Sundays after squatting with the Franz team on Saturdays. So we followed a Franz style. Um, in recent years, I followed some of Brian Carroll's ten twenty life stuff, um, which is a little bit more. I think the RPE stuff is a little bit more intuitive, where you're trying to, you know, go up to a heavy, you know, triple set of four, set of five, based on how you feel that day. Um, and then most recently with myself and, and a, a few others that have been training for a while, we've been doing a kind of an altered conjugate. Uh, we call it Midwest side as a, as a joke, mm-hmm. because it's definitely not West. <laughs> it's, def- it's definitely not West side. I mean, it's so it's- much of a joke. We have multiple color t-shirts. We've got a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. With it. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it, we do use dynamic effort, max efforts days uh i also like a 10 20 life or even 531 we'll have a deload week mm-hmm. every three or four weeks um someone like myself who's been training for 20 years or one of my teammates jennifer gimmel who competed at the wpo semifinals she's probably been training for 10 12 years um novelty you know like you said mm-hmm. at a certain point it's got to be enjoyable um i you know, i don't know how people do squat bench deadlift three four times a week um you know just based on varying intensities and volumes, that would just get boring to me. So at a certain yeah. point, I, I, I still have to enjoy my training to some degree. So that's why we've you know started doing a little bit you know, more well, it's, conjugate. It's, it's really exciting stuff. when you walk out the, the squat because you don't know if you're going to just trip over and fall and fucking die. So that's exciting, you know. I suppose. <laughs> I, t- I take a lot of like really pot shots at the USAPL just because I have a lot of friends who lift in it. I do respect the fact that they have a huge base. A lot of good lifters, but I just take a lot of pot shots at them because fuck those guys. Yeah, I, I would say that we do too. But yeah, so. <laughs> we don't we don't have friends uh, that lift in the USAPL, so we're just oh. we just shit talk, I guess. So so interesting. <laughs> uh, so USAPL Raw Nats was actually in like we were in the parking lot at Two XL's old location of that hotel. Like that's where the, the oh, gym really? was. Yes. Yeah, so like all these lifters were coming through during uh, Raw Nats and training at Two XL. Uh, the previous location, 
during the meet and the run up to the meet. So the the running joke then became, we will build a great platform and the USAPL is going to pay for it. And <laughs> all, all all the geared guys here just thought it was hysterical. But you know, I just awesome. I never get it because like i mean you had all these usapl lifters they're all running around the gym all trying to find 45 pound bars do you have kilo plates do you have 45 pound right bar? and they need a, a, yeah. a, like a, a 45 pound competition bar and kilo plates and i'm like you know is that the only bar you ever used do you ever use a specialty bar like i know they don't use squat and deadlift bars but if the ipf found out they would ban me <laughs> right and i wouldn't be natty anymore it's so fucking weird that like everybody that uh like lifts in the usapl trains pretty similar and they, it's we, a fucking cult. We actually held a couple of seminars. They have like uh, their certified coaches clinic. And I listened mm-hmm. in a little bit to <laughs> what they use for their training programs. And it is all that, you know, basically, you know, high volume, big three, three or four times a week training. And mm-hmm. that's, that's all they all train on like ER style racks and they squat bench and deadlift two to three mm-hmm. to four times a week. I can't imagine like squatting with a with a regular 45 pound bar on my shoulders three or four times a week like I, my shoulders would be destroyed oh yeah that'd be horrible no no way no it's so funny too because uh i'm going to talk a little bit of shit but i'm not going to drop a name That's but okay. um <laughs> so with the situation that we have right now we're like um we're like not able to go to the gym whatever you would think like okay now is a good time to for a lot of things, it's a good time to work on your weaknesses. If you have any nagging injuries, it's a good time to take care of those. I have seen so many fucking people mm-hmm. just be like, oh, my God, I need to order a squat rack and put it in my apartment. And, and I need to get my 45-pound bar. And I'm like, dude, you have, like, a whole dumbbell rack right there. Why don't you try, like, RDLs or bent-over rows? Like, there's so many other things. Because they're not IPF-approved. So yeah, it's <laughs> and that's it's true though. You're like, you know, you can train other ways and still get strong. It's not just one size fits all. I don't know. Well, and I can tell for you, this her. is as someone who's been around for a while. Uh, the people who that's all they do, they won't stick around that long. Nope. Well, exactly. Yeah, they'll either <laughs> burn out or they will adapt and do something else. I mean, Donnie Thompson talks about this a lot on his Instagram, where it's you know. You're not just going to do 45 pound barbell back squats three times a week for 20 years. Like you just no. There's a few that no, will 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 do it, but most will not. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to say something controversial, boys. Please, please, and thank you, boys and girls. Oh, Brianna's here. Yeah. Before we get off the topic of uh, training thought process, mm-hmm. um, I don't really think training methodology matters, but. But that being said, I do think that understanding of the methodologies matters. Sure. I, I think I think any training, I mean, because back in the <laughs> early 2000s, the early WPO, I mean, you had Franz lifters, mm-hmm. you had Westside lifters, and yep. you had big iron lifters there. And they all were at the tippy top. And the common denominator was that you had a, a group of big, strong, scary dudes pushing each other, whether it was, you know, max effort work or heavy singles at Franz or, you know, heavy ass reverse band work at big iron. I mean... Yeah. The common denominator was you had a bunch of people all following the same system, pushing each other. Pushing the fuck out of each other, yeah. Yeah. Did every single training program comes down to three three variables, and it's stimulus, recover, and then adapt. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. And as long as you science, can, as long as you can get those three things to happen correctly, you'll get <laughs> yeah. but, like, but the thing is, is 
a lot of the time when I'm looking at training and mm -hmm. the methodology, I'm also looking at a long, the perspective of a longevity. So doing something like a uh, straight bar only training is you're getting a stimulus, you're recovering, you're adapting, and that's all good and dandy. You'll get stronger, but the longevity of it just on your joints and. But if you're getting overuse injuries, where are you recovering? Yeah. It's true. You're right. Stan coming you know out of science, yeah. man. Stay in the science pit. I like it. Well, but like you know, it. I think maybe it sounds like maybe you've had a couple injuries of your own, Stan. And I found that through my injuries is when I've probably learned as much about training my clients and my teammates and the training process as anything. Um, Brian Carroll has a book called The Gift of Injury where he goes through kind of how, you know, breaking his back changed the way he trained and changed the way he approached programming mm -hmm. for the better. Um, and I think I have I've learned from, you know, jacking up my shoulder and jacking up my hip and mm -hmm. jacking up my back through years of lifting, you know, how to learn to recover and adapt my training to be able to continue training. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I think that even applies to, I think I've also had a few injuries. Uh, I had, uh, I just have degenerative discs in my back. So mm -hmm. like that can flare up every once in a while, but even to having something like that, has um i feel like made me a better coach like personal trainer wise just because those types of injuries aren't exclusive to powerlifting yep uh, no injury is exclusive to powerlifting so when you have experienced something like that you're able to relate to the client or your training partner whoever it is on a different level of like hey i've been there and i got through it and i can help you do the same so, definitely I think Stan, just to, to wrap that point up though, it, it, you make a good point. The methodology is not necessarily as important. There's a, actually a book I'm rereading right now, the, the um, purposeful primitive. I don't know if you guys have read that before, uh, but it talks about, I mean, even like Paul Anderson's training style and goes to Ed Cohen's. It's got some of Ernie's it's got some of Louis training styles in there. All these things are very, very different. And so the methodology is different, but the, the biggest, you know, and I'll say the fourth common denominator that you're talking about is, uh, is consistency. If you're, if you're yeah. building yeah. consistency with all those things, you're going to then go through the other three. If you're just doing a hit, hit and miss, you're just basically you're just going to get hurt because you're lifting too much damn weight because you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we had a few other things on, on the itinerary here. So what's – you know, this is more just a quick question. What is the first thing you're going to do when you get back after this Rona shit's done? Dude, I'm going to bench. Probably uh, <laughs> some sort of speed work for me. Speed. <laughs> I'm like – That makes sense. Getting ready for this meet that I was supposed to do in a couple of weeks, my bench was going so well. So, mm -hmm. and we're still actually able to train like a good amount of like upper body stuff mm -hmm. in our driveway right now. So I'm getting in my bench shirt as soon as I get back and I'm going to fucking bench 300 nice. <laughs> in nice. the gym. Yeah. Ball swinging. Dude, I only take a max effort even when we were in the gym consistently. I was, I was taking a max effort like every three weeks, maybe mm -hmm. or, or once a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, so most of my training is going to cons consist of speed work anyway. So the likelihood that, <laughs> that we go <laughs> We're just going with the law of averages here. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of your speed work was getting really heavy there. Yeah. For a while, we're like, the last two sets of speed work would be like nearly max effort. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> that, mother that motherfucker Anthony is making me go super fucking heavy <laughs> on speed work. <laughs> yeah, my, my, yeah. Co my coach is an asshole too. I, I missed a lockout yeah. on a deadlift. He's like, cool, so now you have uh, – Heavy pulls from uh, pin three for the next 10 weeks. I'm like, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's Sam's favorite. Yeah. 
That's a, that is my favorite. Yeah. With quadded up monster minis too. I'm like, I hate you so much. Right oh, now. dude, nice. Yeah, he's. I don't know if you guys know Sean Copeland, but he is. He's a phenomenal coach, but he tries to kill me with almost every session. Oh, I didn't know you were coached by him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole. That's a whole interesting story as well. But <laughs> Eric, what's what's the first thing you're gonna do when you get back, man? You know, I'm I'm still coming in the gym a little bit here since it is my gym. You do own the place. Uh, but <laughs> I think what I'm looking forward to the most is getting the team back in here when we can oh, reopen. Shit is going to be lit when we open this place back yeah, up. That, that's probably it. Like, yeah. as far as just oh, lifting yes. or whatever, you know, whatever, I just like to have my people back in here. Yeah. I, I will oh, say that. that was a way better answer, dude. <laughs> Eric's a thoughtful guy, man. He's, he thinks about Changing things. my answer to that. I thought, <laughs> I thought you meant, like, what is the first exercise we're going to do or something? That that actually was where my mind was at, was what is the first, first thing? Because for me, like, because I, I just love doing it. I love squatting. There There is probably, to me, like, no better high than getting under a weight that should kill me, squatting down and standing back up with it. Like, I just, that's that's better than almost any drug I've ever tried in my life. Um, yeah. So, Dude, you know what's even better than that, though, is hanging with the boys. <laughs> you know, I do enjoy that. I do. And the gals. <laughs> and the gals, yes. Uh, I mean, it... D- that, that, however, has been beaten, I will tell you. The first time I watched my daughter pull over 200 pounds and watching her reaction to that, that beat every lift I've ever done in my life. I'll squat 800 raw someday, and it's not going to do it. Dang, like, that dude. Was that's, just... that's fucking strong. Oh, like, d- L- Lily's... So, yeah, she, at, she weighed in at 97.3 at the state meet last year and pulled 197. And... I mean, she was, she's a stud. Like, she's a great deadlifter. And she's a gymnast, additionally. Yes, so, yes. a lot of strength comes from there. Yeah, state yeah, champion yeah, yeah. gymnast, you know, great control. And her squat form, I, I will say, I'm pretty proud of that, too. Her squat form is superb. Uh, superior. Yeah. Superior squat form. And and then it, with, you know, having that body, uh, you know, control and everything, her, her bench actually is phenomenal, too. It's really coming along. She's almost got a body weight bench, which for a 14-year-old girl, Raw, raw. That's, that's insane, actually. Yeah, she's she's a stud. Um, she can just get out of her own fucking wow, head. She's gonna she's gonna be fucking real strong one day. Like <laughs> when yeah, at, when they're when she's benching her body weight at at fourteen years old. That's like, whoa, dude. That's mind blowing. Yeah, that's she's awesome. uh, Lily's something else. She's she's a trip. Um, bit of an asshole sometimes, but she's she's well, she's like you. <laughs> she is. She is. She is like and because Eric Senior, like Lily, is one hundred percent my child. Uh, yeah. Like there's, it, you know, she has a lot of her mom's look. She's very pretty. Uh, both my daughters are, but they are, they are me. They are type A. They are 100% like hard charger. I'm going to get my way. My boys are really light back, but the girls are, oh, they're, they're tough. <laughs> you got run for your money. Oh my God. It's horrible. Well, and you said, uh, you know, when you get back in the gym, you want to jump back in your bench shirt. That's what I did yeah. before the gym shut down. Yep. As I jumped, oh, really? I jumped in my uh, canvas squat suit that I probably hadn't had on in maybe four years. And it showed. And uh, squatted 600 plus, yep. probably 200 pounds more than I'd had on my back in a while. Yeah. Nice, um, dude. And, and that squat was sick. That squat was fucking beautiful. And But then watching you get that squat suit off. Oh, that actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> that was a Do we have a video of that, I think? Uh, we do somewhere, yeah. We may have to repost that one. Yeah, because I, I don't think most people have seen... <laughs> somebody in a true full canvas suit to yep. get it off, not the lace-up one, the, yeah. the actual just full canvas. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's interesting getting them off. Yeah, it was uh, that was a team so, effort right there. So what do you wear for uh, gear right now? So uh, I've just competed in the bench for the last couple of years, and I've worn a super-duper phenom. Um, cool. The last time I competed full meet, I'd had a one of the Leviathan Ultra Pros 
Um, in the past, I've worn a Jenny. That's what I was wearing recently. Predator briefs. Yeah. And then a King deadlifter for metal. Oh, there you go. Is King that the orange one? Royalty. No, that would be... Uh, maybe some of them are orange. Uh, I prefer not to look like a pumpkin. <laughs> but it's just black. Okay. <laughs> I, I would say I probably look more like a pumpkin than you do, but that's... Well, just yeah. Cause... If we put you in a big orange squat suit, you would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jack and Dale and Juicy as But going back to that... Uh, that question of what do you want to do when you get back to the gym? So we actually already were, we had talked to our gym owner and as soon as like, we're allowed to open the doors back up or he's allowed to open the doors back mm-hmm. up. We're like, we're doing a cookout. Yes. Fucking come down. We're grilling some food. We're yes. lifting some weights. It's going to be oh, sick. Like, gonna that, be tight. That's what I'm excited Amen. about. Amen. Amen. That yeah. is, that is what the world needs right now is once there is, you know, that safety and we know we're good is connection and people getting together. Yes. That is 100% mm-hmm. what's, and I think time. that's and I think that's going to be the big silver lining from all this is we're going to pull we're going to come back. It's like hey, everybody wants to come back to normal. Awesome. We're going to kind of know what part of normal we want to come back to. Like everybody's yeah. really got a lot of time to think about that. And, and then, we're certainly going to appreciate some oh of the things God. we've missed for the last you know little six or eight weeks or whatever it ends yeah. up being. Like just that simple thing of hey, I need two people to spot me when I squat. Like just that right there. Like that's something that scares me. Like I can't squat heavy in my garage because it's my wife and my kids. They can't spot me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I will say, I I'm, that, there'll be some tears. <laughs> oh, for, yeah, dude. I I think that this. Uh, I feel like I keep talking about the coronavirus, but Corona, um, COVID. This COVID nineteen situation has built a has like strengthened the community of powerlifting just because. Oh, yeah. it, and I I posted on Instagram about this probably a week ago, a couple weeks ago now, but. Um, if it shows people's true colors because as soon as any of this happened and as soon as like any states started applying like uh any sort of like quarantine ish protocols i went into like the trigger warning page and anthony posted a video and he was just like saying how if you're in the group you're in the group and like you don't owe me a dollar whatever yeah like this community and, and we're building this community and then like the comments on that video were just like Hey, I will pay for five people's um, monthly fees. DM me, and I'll pay for it. Like just like shit like that, where you're like, "Wow, this yep. is really fucking sick." Like people care about each other. It's not just about the numbers. Like people just like truly care about other people's sanity and like uh, and strength and being able being able to have that community. So I I think this is really showing yeah. people's true colors. Like. Uh, what what their what their purpose is in this sport no it's it's not wrong we you know we did something similar on the last day when we had to shut down 2xl is uh <laughs> there's actually a video somewhere i think uh tara has it where i i squatted like i don't know 615 or something like that and then ran over one of the benches and jumped up you guys have seen um dead poet society right the what the movie dead poet society um, oh yes so I jumped up on one of the benches and did the whole captain my captain and basically forced Eric and Howard to charge my card for April and we'll do the same thing for May. And then, and then like literally the, the entire team stood up on different pieces of equipment and said the same thing. And yeah. this did very dramatic because we're all, you know, corny like that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's the same thing in that, you know, people are rallying around the, the people that matter to them the most uh, that are, you know, the small business owners and the people that keep the community together. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And we're going to come out of this as a society way stronger. Cause what are we doing right now? We're sitting at home with our families, eating family dinners, playing family games to try to keep sane. 
were doing the things yeah. that created the family unit, you know, a few decades ago that made us one of the strongest, you know, populations in the world. So we're going back to that. And I think it's a big positive thing we're going to come out of this with not only those same familial ties, but then the technology to bring that to the masses. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, do not cancel your two memberships. For fuck's sake, don't do that. To, especially if you belong to a small club or a, a standalone gym, do not cancel your fucking gym memberships. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, I mean, you're, uh, and, I <laughs> yeah. say, and I say this unfortunately, but there's going to be some small gyms that mm-hmm. go out of business as a result of this. I mean, Absolutely. There's just, there's just some that won't be able to to weather the storm. To weather the storm and won't be able to figure out yeah. how to apply to some of these small business loans that are coming out. Um, Which and you and Howard are trying to help people do that, even just try to navigate it. Like, Yeah, my partner Howard Penderos is very smart when it comes to that kind of stuff. And he read through the CARES Act and yeah. um, you know, posted some videos on Facebook on it. Um, and we've been looking into, you know, do we qualify and does it make sense to take out a loan? Yep. Um, yeah. All those kind of things. and. There's some gyms that just won't have the expertise to do that, and maybe they just didn't have the cash flow to be able to withstand, you know, a couple months off. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Dude, even the commercial gym I work at, I, I, like I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, what if my job isn't there when I when this is over? Well, you know what I mean?" Yeah, yeah. One of our young uh, members here, he works at Export, and I've talked with him over for a while. It's a commercial gym chain that's around this area. Yep, I've long since thought that their cash flow is not what it should be. Oh, it's getting exposed now. And I have a feeling that uh, there's going to be at least one big chain around Chicago that will go out of business as a result of this. Correct. I yeah, agree. man. Yeah. And, Which, I, and, and, and I, I don't wish ill will upon any chain. I mean, it, it's just reality. No, but that's yeah. just a fact. Yeah. 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 For sure. I had a client, uh, just like a just like a general gen pop client the other day, uh, email me and he was like, Hey, one of the gyms in my area is going out of business and they're selling all their equipment. What should I get? And I like, my first thought was just like, oh, dude, that's such a fucking bummer. Like it's so early in this. Yeah. And that's just, that's just one gym, you know, there's thousands, if not millions of gyms across the country that are going to be, I mean, every business is getting negatively impacted by this, but, yeah. um, except, uh, the toilet paper companies, but uh, other than that, <laughs> I, oh my gosh! There's out there though that like the gym is one of the first expenses that people cut. Sure, and, yeah. I, and yeah. I, we get that. Sure. Yeah, I understand. But I remember hearing that somewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. It's going to be gym well, and personal training specifically. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, because it's all seen as as you know using your expendable income. It's going to be entertainment. It's going to be you know you're going to stop right. going to places. You're going to stop going to the gym. You're going to stop. You know, you're going to cut the cable cord. You're going to turn off all the streaming services. It's going to basically go in that order. Because, again, it's what do you need to survive? Right now, I need a roof over my head. I need food. Apparently, I need freaking toilet paper. I'm to go fight people in the aisles for that. Um, so, so those things are going to be first, you know, top of mind. And if you're suddenly having to cut expenses, it's like, hey, the gym just isn't one that's there. Now, to the point, yeah, there, there are folks that if you have the means, because I did this not only with 2XL, but also the other gym that I've competed out of for the last five years, the Monster Garage Gym uh, up in Waukegan, uh, same gym like Crystal Tate, uh, Sarah Effinger, they all train out of. I said, restart my membership. I want to make sure this place stays open because I train here twice a month. And yeah. so they, so like I, I'd only be paying the day fee. So I've been only going twice. I said, no, restart the stupid thing. You guys have been there for me. I'm going to be there for you. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, yeah. Doing, anyway. those, doing those things to support small businesses right now is really important. And, yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> F- fucking Rona, man. I tell you. I tell you. 
Um, yeah, Rona has us all up in our fields. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of Rona, what's what's uh, your guys' wor- Rona workout setup right now? <laughs> we have a sick setup. So uh, we have Stan bought a reverse hyper like four years ago, mm-hmm. a really nice rogue one. We didn't do so reverse hypers every day. day. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, like like we said, we train 45 minutes away, so we would always just use the reverse hyper that's at the gym, which isn't a great one. It does the job. Mm-hmm. But so this reverse hyper that we have hasn't really gotten used in, in a few years. Oh, so we're it's able getting to use now. That. Yeah, it's getting used now. Um, we have bar belly and easy bar. We have like, what, 250 pounds in weight? Yeah. Yeah. We have a bench now that can go incline. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, dumbbells, dumbbells that go up to 50 pounds. Yeah, we have plenty of shit. We're having like great workouts. So love it. We're Dance. definitely gonna we're definitely um, gonna Dude, come back stronger. You've been honestly. sore every fucking workout yeah, that we've done workout. at home. Dude, I tell you, I, I've been doing some of the stuff that Laura uh, Fels has been posting. That woman tried yeah. to fucking kill me inadvertently. I did that march. So I <laughs> so, oh, those marches. Yeah, so yeah. I did the march yeah. with two monster minis through my belt. And then yeah. Yeah, I did that with my wife. She, we had three monster minis. And so she did it. Uh, and then I did it with the two. The two, And we did 400 meters away from our house. And the walk back was one of the most humbling things I've ever done. I almost had to crawl through my yard through my front door. Those are hard, dude. It was brutal, but it was good. uh, The creativity that you have to have, and like Mm -hmm. Laura's been awesome with putting out those workouts for everybody. Like it's not like she's just putting those up for our clients, you know, them up for everybody. And the creativity that you have to have um, to be doing movements that aren't insane. Yep. um, Like her her and Shane are just so creative. They are. They really are. Yeah. So that's awesome. I'm really thankful that she's been putting those out because it's been giving us ideas and mm-hmm. we're able to like think outside the box because she started rolling that ball. So, um, yeah, she's been putting out some awesome stuff. The workouts with like just bands can fuck you up if you're not used to that. Oh yeah. And you know, I obviously use them, you know, as part of my training, but this doing something like that, it was, it was a new plane. It was a new movement. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was that was posting about this, but you know, all of us, you know, big, strong power lifters, right? We've all been talking about how, you know, not even necessarily in good of shape, but just, you know, we're so gas station ready and we're always so strong. Obviously, we're all finding all the gaps in our training right now. Yeah, big time. And yeah, Jack, Jack Cameron. What gaps, bro? Yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you. Like, I, Here's the deal. Um, I know I still eat like an asshole. There's no reason I should be 270 pounds at five foot eight. And I just, <laughs> I like it because it's easy for me to relate to the average person. Because if I was shredded and, you know, doing all this stuff, I would not relate to the people that I work with. Because generally speaking, transportation people are people that sit behind a desk for 40 years. So I got to ch- try to find a happy medium, right? Right. Yeah, we'll just go with that. As, as Eric sees me. <laughs> Dude, honestly, that sounds like a good excuse. <laughs> Eric sees me with my bag of Swedish fish, which, by the way, I go through usually four to five, five pound bags of Swedish fish a month. Um, oh my god! Yeah. So it's I just hashtag diabetes. Yeah, beat us. Uh, yeah, I just, I li- they're delicious. Okay, I like Swedish fish. Oh my god! Uh, I'm not judging. I'm just appalled. No, it, trust me. Every, everyone who hears this is just, I. Ser- if I don't get like a million diabetes messages or memes, I'm kind of upset at our at our listenership. I mean, I think Bain has tried to get uh, Swedish fish to come and sponsor. I have something. actually. Yes. Because Swedish Fish and what's the other one everyone loves? Uh, so there's sour, Pedialyte. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, Sour Patch Kids. 
But no, so I've talked to the, the makers of Pedialyte, Abbott, and I've also talked to Mondelez, who makes Sour Patch Kids and Swedish Fish, about coming out and sponsoring either Meats and or the WPO. Uh, I've gotten all the way into their marketing departments up to like the global directors of marketing, and I always get to the question about, hey, what other types of um, supplements do your lifters take? And that usually is what kills the deal. <laughs> Which is ironic because in bodybuilding, that's no big deal, apparently, because yeah, no there, there's no drug testing in the big bodybuilding right. shows. But they're not sponsoring those. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So when they're Somebody gonna is. Their, when they're going to cost their money at it, they want to make sure it's quote-unquote family-friendly. Sure, I but, get it. But yeah, sure. All the, oh, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's 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 it was a weird conversation. Let's put it that way. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So so you guys you guys have a sick setup for the uh, for your Rona workouts, uh, Eric. Obviously, you've been popping the gym a little bit here lately. What else? Are you, are you doing anything at home or? Oh, I can't do. I mean, I live in a three bedroom condo, so it's and you know we've got two kids and my wife there, so it's it's difficult to do anything there. I felt guilty coming to the gym and working out, mm-hmm. so I haven't for two weeks. But I think I've just come to the. Dis- the decision that you told you your know, conscience to piss off and you're going to finally come fucking. Train. I just, I can't go six weeks without working out <laughs> or I'm going to go crazy. So I'm going to yes. start trying to just come here in the gym, do some stuff like this, do some work mm-hmm. and get some kind of workout in. Nice. So I've been doing, so we, we make it a family affair because again, we've got Lily who's an athlete, my wife is a trainer. Um, we try to keep the kids active, uh, you know, and obviously being the four of us, we try to do some family stuff. So we do like a, like a medley of lifts. Like the, nobody can lift me in the family except for Lily. So basically everybody runs around and lifts everybody that they can. Uh, we'll do stuff with the lifts? bands. Like what do you mean lifts? Like, so like my youngest daughter will go up to her older brother. So the 10 to the 11 year old, she'll grab him underneath his butt and she'll basically front squat him. Like rever- like oh, just stand up with him. Yeah. Just pick him up. <laughs> And and then we've done like the the sibling races. So like my I'll put my wife over my shoulder. My oldest son will put uh, my oldest daughter over his shoulder. And then my youngest son will put my youngest daughter over his shoulder. And then we'll run down to the end of the backyard and back. You know we'll do stuff like that just to kind of keep us moving. And you bains are crazy. We just have nothing to fucking do. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's but it's been fun. You know, it's just it's a a different way for us to all spend time together. And we've just been trying to get creative. And then. We've, we're doing the push-ups with the bands, and the kids just mm-hmm. absolutely hate me. They can get one, maybe, with the bands. Oh, <laughs> bummer. They just hate me for it. But <laughs> So, uh, what's that? Nothing. I was just commentating, saying dang. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, WPO, you know, that's one of the things that obviously kind of brought us all together. What are your guys' thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on the future of it? Um... State, why don't you go first? It's tight, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I, the just powerlifting on ESPN is what I'm hyped about. Amen. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly like have a super hard on specifically for any type of powerlifting, but any any powerlifting on ESPN is fucking rad to me, dude. Amen. Um, and it's just cool, man. Like it, it's cool to be able to go and see. The best lifters all in one place. Definitely. You know what I mean? Agreed. Or the Agreed. best in that discipline anyway. Yeah. Now, we're, we're going to yeah, say I the best because at the end of the day, lifting weights, powerlifting is about lifting the most weight. The most weight gets lifted to the WPO. We win. Yeah. I, I think uh, the future of it, from talking to Fahey, seems pretty uh, bright because he's pretty fucking relentless. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the man can talk, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. He's going to talk you to submission. <laughs> Seems like the type of dude that will eventually wear people down and get his way no matter what. Well, <laughs> he tells the story uh, about calling up Louie and asking him about, you know, <laughs> doing the doing the documentary. And within the first, like, 10 seconds, Louie said, well, no, I'm not going to do it. 
Nope. And then he talked mm-hmm. to him like every week for like an hour, two hours, three hours for until like months for months until eventually Louis agreed. Yeah. Yeah, yep, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's uh, so I, I I like his vision of it. He shared with me we were in the line uh, weighing in at uh, for the women at uh, the Arnold, and he shared with me just uh, a little bit of his background, and then also like what his kind of four year plan for the WPO that he and Wayne had broken out. It, it, it's it is exciting. It is really really cool. Yeah, I believe there's a lot of paperwork already signed. Oh yeah, for the there's ne- a lot of things for the next on. few years. Uh, so. I'm sure you guys know way more about it than we do since it seems like Eric's pretty involved in it as well. So Yeah, he knows some things. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I was I was Favorite. around I was around when the original WPO was uh at the Arnold Classic um with Karen Kidder. Oh, cool. And saw, you know, the production value of that at the time was awesome. Um and that was at that time not only was it the best in multiply, but you know, guys like Ed Cohn mm-hmm. were jumping in the fray. There was guys at that time it was kind of a a divide of single ply multiply. Right. Um, you know, it was right. basically USPF or USAPL style versus, you know, kind of APF WPO style. But, and you had some of those guys jumping in the WPO for a short time between about 2000 to 2007. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the, the top platform in powerlifting. I always kind of made the argument that, you know, although the USAPL IPF wants to be in the Olympics, you know, we should be shooting for the WPO multiply powerlifting to be in something like the X Games, you know, something extreme because it is yeah. an extreme version of the sport. Mm-hmm. And I do think that yeah. I do think that is the plausible appeal. And Fahey and talk with him, I think he kind of agrees that, you know, it's that uniqueness of multiply powerlifting and the characters within it. And obviously the weight being lifted in these crazy suits and shirts mm-hmm. that I think, you know, eventually could have some niche appeal. I don't know that mainstream appeal is necessarily even the goal. I think for ESPN, you know, they're looking for unique content and, you know, getting some eyeballs on something, you know, that is niche and that can attract a certain audience. Yeah. And if you can put that into a yeah. mashup with, you know, the X summer games and all of a sudden that gives a huge platform for the lifters and, and it just allows it to kind of, you know, grow from there. I, I think that would be, you know, I know we've talked about this a, a few times. So that would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome that there's just, um, that with the WPO coming back, there's just a huge platform for uh, like the best in the world to come and all live together. And it's like not only like the best in the world, but like the biggest number, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how to put it, but like, just like the biggest numbers and you get to like, it's pretty personable because it is such a small sport. Mm-hmm. You can, I, we were talking about this with Anthony, I think too, where you can like DM any of those people, message any of those people and they're going to get right back to you just because the, the smallness and um, the small community of the sport, the WPO is just like such a great platform for. So that's a good uh, point. I hope it doesn't get so big to the point where, that becomes not a thing. Yeah. Where kind of, the lifters, where the lifters start feeling elevated above the rest of the powerlifting community, yeah. that would be unfortunate. You're right because I think that has been a hallmark of powerlifting for as long as I've been around it. I mean, I remember back in the days of the old message board, you'd have Ed Cohn commenting on stuff, and mm-hmm. you'd have some of the big names of the sport that you could actually communicate with. Versus like you know, the dude playing church basketball isn't going to communicate with LeBron James, obviously. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Which is unfortunate. Like you, you, 
there's an inti- intimacy there that is one of the things that is the hallmark, like you said, of, of the sport is just uh, that ability to, you know, have true community and not just, oh, hey, I'm a Lakers fan. So am I. You know, LeBron, oh, I watch him all the time, but that's it. Well, yeah, I, exactly. I think it's a little bit more unique to multiply powerlifting. Though. Oh, yeah. I think that's I don't another, think that's another layer on top. I don't think that's quite as much the case with raw lifting, and that's not a rip on raw lifting or raw lifters, but I think because yeah, what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, I think because multiply <laughs> is more team oriented, mm-hmm. and there's kind of that you know connection of fighting through gear and the the challenges of that. That you know someone will post online and say, "Ah, oh, I, I can't get this bench shirt to work," and you have a big name powerlifter say, yeah, "Hey, Barzine or a Steve Brock." Or... Say, "Hey, you know, I've got a spare shirt that I don't use. I'll send it to you and give it a try." Yep. You know, I don't think you see yeah. that. You're not going to see that in raw lifting. Hey, I'm going to send you my SBD knee sleeves. No, because they're four hundred fucking right. dollars. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're definitely right on that one. Um, I think sure. part of that is in raw lifting. There are some lifters that have reached that level of celebrity. Almost, I would consider someone with a million followers to to have a bit of like. Uh, that celebrity status uh, oh. and, and those type of lifters definitely do. I, They're they mostly seem, yes. They mostly seem to think they are at a level above, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I won't, I won't name any yeah. names, but there, there was one who was at the XPC who it was, it was interesting that because you, because you guys saw kind of the setup uh, for the WPO where there was the, <laughs> I the bull- know the person. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had the bullpen, and, and this person has kind of had like this this special little bubble around them and their group, uh, and, and that was just very interesting to me. Uh, and I I was told to maybe stay away from that. I'm like, uh, no, you're not going to keep me there because he's not that fucking special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you didn't exactly. have that with the WPO semifinals. No, not at all. I mean, I've got. I mean, I did geek out a little bit when Laura Phelps talked to me, um, but that was cool. <laughs> uh, see, yeah, that's that's a whole other story right there, but. Um, <laughs> You know, and you I, know, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, there was something I was. I remembered a thought uh, talking about the WPO. It's it's awesome that since it's on ESPN, it feels like a competitive sport. Whereas, like Definitely, if you go to the yes. local meet, it doesn't really feel like a competitive sport. It's like you're not really the entire time. You're not looking for that. Okay, where am I placing? Where am I placing? Right. But at the WPO, especially just at the semifinals, there there was times in the day where like we're looking to see where, where Val is like, yeah. all right, where is she? Like, is she, okay. She's number six right now. Like it's, it feels like a sport um, where I don't really know if you, I, I'm not involved in the USAPL community by any means. Um, so I don't know if that's a feel that you get with that with nope. them, but um, I think it was really cool to see that. And it's developing too, because now it's just like, the best of the best and only the best are like allowed to lift, you know, it's really rad. Well, it was interesting. We talked about this with Michael, mm-hmm. um, the adding of the TV, because I was at the WPO super finals in 2018 and that was, it wasn't a bad meet, but it definitely wasn't run like the semifinals or the super finals in October. 17 hours long. Yeah. It was very long. Yeah. It was a long meet. I heard. Yeah. yeah. Very long. I was there for every minute of it. <laughs> Dang. Uh, but when you added the TV element and you, you limited the crowd and you picked up the speed a lot and, and you'd think that usually multiply lifters would complain about if a meet was run very fast. But I think for those top level lifters, we didn't really didn't get any complaints because nope. I think they felt like it was then more like a true, competition and not just a meet it was you know an athletic event where you know you had to strategize and you had you know there wasn't it's not like just going to the gym and maxing out you had to go and you had to perform under a certain set of you know circumstances that everyone had to 
you know, it's just like in an NFL game. There's a, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a clock. You only have a certain amount of time to get your playoff and right. to have it in your quarter. Um, I think it did make it more of a true competitive competition and not just, Hey, it's a local meet at the gym I train at. I'm going to lift in the same stuff that I, you know, work out at every week. Right. And, and I joke about that sometimes too, that, you know, we're power lifters, you know, because generally speaking, it's a hobby for all of us, right? You know, very few people are ever going to get rich power lifting. I'm like, we basically just work out in front of people. To your point, with, <laughs> it's what we're doing, right? You know, call it what it you is. Know, working out in front of people is a funny way to put it. Yeah, that's <laughs> all we're doing. Like, that. uh, yeah. That's more CrossFit, but. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. Um, but yeah, I just, the, when, when this thing, when I remember watching the ESPN truck pull up and he sees people with the cords and all that, and I remember seeing the microphone. So many cords. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, who who's the guy the announcer that was with Donnie? Uh Martucci. Martucci. Seeing his Matt microphone. Martucci. Yeah, seeing his microphone sitting there on the table, I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Like yeah. this is not just some make believe, like this is actually real. Like that that was that was a very crystallizing moment for me. And then to your point, like just seeing it on TV and then seeing it on or seeing it on my phone and then seeing it on, on YouTube, like, wow, how dope is this mm-hmm. that, that it's it's helping to evolve the sport into something besides just, you know, a bunch of meatheads throwing iron around. Well, and I think that was when we, we chatted with Michael about this. That was one of his points is that powerlifting is kind of stuck in a 1980s mm-hmm. model of how meets are run. And that's not to say it's bad yeah. because, you know, the average meet that I run is really set up for – it's set up for the meet director and the lifters. Yep, correct. It's set up to, to get a lot of people through in the shortest amount of time. Um, and it's set up for the lifters to be able to perform their lifts versus – Something like the WPO eventually has to be set up for the audience because if you want it to be a production, then it has to be more audience friendly than a 12 hour meet where there's two or three platforms and a bunch of 300 pound squats. Right. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to say one last thing about the WPO. I think like the legitimacy, the legitimacy of it um, being there at the semifinals was really cool to see like the judges weren't fucking around like yep. that the, i don't know the woman's name the, the head judge on uh this maybe she was the head judge both days actually but um Eric knows she did, yeah what'd you say yeah it's beverly mcdaniels from texas beverly that's her name yeah um and her husband was there as well i believe but yep. anyway mike um she did not have an issue like timing people out like it was just mm-hmm. everybody was held to the same exact standard and um, it was just really cool to see that, that it was being treated like a sport. And um, and these people are athletes, even though, like, like uh, some people refer to themselves as, like, oh, fat powerlifter, no conditioning, whatever. But they are athletes, and it was really cool to see them being treated like athletes. Amen. Amen. And superior yeah. spotting. <laughs> yeah, great, great fucking spotting. <laughs> great spotting. And, and, and In I, all seriousness, I was very, like, the – the spotters did a really, really great job. There was some sketchy shit that happened, and it all ended okay. <laughs> and so. I can never say enough about, you know, the yes, I, I do get, you know, and I've talked about this on the show before, I get a lot of spotlight because I yell. People hear my voice, and it's like, okay, hey, he's the WI guy, blah, blah, blah. Trace, Joey, John, and, you know, Georgie, when, you know, he's able to work on on Friday, you know, it's a little different since we had somebody competing from 2XL on Thursday. Those guys work their asses off and do it basically in the shadow because they don't feel comfortable screaming and yelling their head off like I do, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and they are just they are some of the some of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. And 
obviously they'll give you know their their right arm for somebody because they're willing to do it on the on you know the biggest stage in in, uh, in powerlifting. So uh, they don't yeah. get us enough credit to, uh, for what they do, even though people talk about the spotters. Those guys by name, they are just they're unbelievable. They're wonderful people, and I, I love those guys so much. Absolutely. So th- this one is specifically okay. for you guys uh, because because you're both young, you know, you're both early twenties, and you know this sport theoretically can be, and you know, Brianna, you already alluded to it, can be uh, about longevity, right? You know, have you ever thought yeah. about like what legacy you might have in this sport, or even you know, put that maybe you know, some people may think of it as a pie in the sky, but have you ever thought about what the people are going to remember? Like, hey, you know, Stan and Bree, this is what they brought to powerlifting. Honestly, I hope, like, I have two answers here. Like, as far as what we bring to powerlifting, I would say our goal is to just bring positivity and to bring the uh, group team feeling back into powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Just because it, just because you're, it is an individual sport doesn't mean that you have to work alone. And I think that over the last few years, we've done a really good job of making it feel like a team. And um, trigger warning definitely has a ton to do with that as well. It mm-hmm. feels when you're walking into a meet and you have – a group of five, six, seven, up to 10 people with you. Squatted you're up. not there alone. Yeah. You're not there alone. And it's just so much more support. So bringing any sort of positivity into the sport that we can, um, I think is, I, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, Sam, but I, I think that's, uh, how we, if we were to be remembered for, for anything, I would hope that would, that it would be for that. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I don't want anyone to ever think like that, I look down on them or anything like that. Like I, I would hope that people. Well, you're, know you're like that me. You're five eight. Like, you look down on many people. So. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would hope that people would think that like my 800 pound squat at a meet doesn't matter any more than like their 300 pound squat. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like Absolutely. I'm gonna if I'm spotting someone at a meet or in the gym, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give them as much attention as I would expect myself to get. And I'm going to give them as much attention as I would give you or Jeff or our training partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't care about what people think about what numbers I lifted. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Just hoping to hoping to not be known as an asshole. You know. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's even what I talk about with my kids. Like I just really hope I don't raise assholes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, because I've met people that. I'm just like the, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of them, I'm just like, damn, that, that person's always been good to me. You yep. know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Nobody will remember the numbers. They'll remember how you made them feel. And I think that's mm-hmm. super important because especially at going to like these local meets, you might be walking into the room with five, five lifters that this is their first meet. They've never gotten a good meet you're at before. And their person that was supposed to wrap their knees fell through and they're there and you're the person that steps up. If if you put a bad taste into their mouth, then they might be like, ah, fuck this. I'm not doing powerlifting. But if you're able to give them the support that they need, that they need and uh, stand behind them, then they're more likely to come back into it. And I think building the sport at the end of the day and building the positivity in the sport at the end of the day is kind of the goal. I love that. That's uh, I'm not going to lie. I got chills listening to you guys say that. That's, that is fucking beautiful. Uh, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Thank you for sharing that. It's not, that's not lip service. Yeah. Just thank you for sharing that. Cause that's, I think that's something that's lost. And actually you, you guys reminded me of, and I, I can't remember who said this to me. It was directly to me and my teammates. This was back when we were playing soccer on a club team. And every now and then, like, you know, mid season, we'd have a new player coming in that just moved there. Or cause I always like Eastern Iowa really was kind of 
uh, blowing up in the south side of Cedar Rapids. Uh, There's a lot of people that were moving there and happened to be coming from like Chicago or something like that. And we were talking about building this club. We were the first U18 team on this club. And our coach is talking to us and he basically said this. And this, what you guys just said, sticks just like this did. If this is going to be the next, at that time, you know, Landon Donovan or the next Pele, who the fuck are you to give them a bad taste and make them quit? And yeah. I think the same thing. There yeah. could be the next Dave Hoff, Crystal Tate, Becca Swanson, you know, sitting in that chair waiting for a knee wrap or it's their first meet. And who the hell are you to give them a bad taste and make them quit? So I love, I love mm-hmm. that your guys' whole deal is it's not about my numbers necessarily. Yeah, you want to have them. It's great. But I want to make sure that I'm as welcoming as I can so the sport continues to grow. And that's fucking beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We will never turn down a training partner. Unless, like, we will always give somebody a chance. Like, mm-hmm. no matter who you are, what your strength level is, if you're willing to, like, bring positivity into the room and you're willing to work hard, then fucking let's do it. Let's and, go. Uh, I, I – and honestly, it's really sad to say this, but I don't think a lot of people live by that and train by that. Um, and it's really a bummer to see. I see a lot of the time people are like, uh, like really weird with the way that they're trying to recruit training partners. They're like, you have to be this strong or you have to have these numbers. And, and does that really matter at the end of the day? If this person's willing to work hard, what's unloading and loading the bar? Like taking a couple extra plates off just for this person. Even if they're coming in and they don't bring value, like teach them to bring value. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't expect someone who's asking you for help to bring value immediately. You know what I mean? Right. That's why they're asking yeah. for help because they don't know how to bring value yet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny you guys um, it's, it's funny you guys bring that up cuz we've always kind of considered Team Stone like the band of misfits. <laughs> because <true. laughs> we've always kind of been like, you know, the random people who maybe wouldn't fit on some of the other teams in the area that maybe would prefer to have, you know, bigger lifts as part of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have actually kicked at least one person off the team because they brought such little value mm-hmm. and detriment that the team unanimously voted him off. We've definitely done that too. Absolutely. There's a difference <laughs> too between obviously bringing no extra value. And then like you said, if you're becoming someone that's bringing you know, a detriment or like negativity to the group, then it's negatively impact every, everybody. We've definitely kicked people out, but we, we gave those people a chance in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's definitely been our philosophy at, you know, the team I've had for many years and not as long as the gym, the team's been around, you know, I think 10 years. Yeah. And that's always kind of been our mm-hmm. philosophy is that male, female, raw, equipped, you know, whatever, as long as you're willing to, especially spot and load, you know, pick up a plate and put it on the bar. That's the only reason they keep me around. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then we'll, we'll let you train with us. Yeah. Bane, how about you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, me? Yeah. You're, um, you're, you're, you're the, the next youngest as far as powerlifting goes. It's true. Yeah. I've only been doing this for a few years. Uh, you know, for me, like, I, I know I'm kind of at this weird intersection, right? Because generally speaking, a, a, a quote unquote top flight, and I don't consider myself a top flight uh, by any stretch, but I'm, I'm in kind of the prime of my powerlifting career. And, so I know that I'm going to start to taper here fairly soon. Plus, I also have Father Time catching up with me because I'll be, you know, 40 in less than two years. And as we all know, Father Time is undefeated. Hey, so, Donnie, yeah. did, uh, Donnie did 3,000 at 46. He did. He did. And that gives me some hope because, you know, my plan is, and this has been talked about on the show, is this is my last year of Raw. I'll be jumping into full multiply in 2021. So my goal is on my 40th birthday uh, in 2022, Ooh. I want to squat 1,000 pounds. Um, Ooh. Yep. Yep. Y'all heard it here. Uh, nice, dude. That's sick. So that's 
that that's uh, one thing. But you know, to me, I I love and I get so much energy off of doing what I do at every two XL meet, at the WPO, all those different things because I know what we bring is the ability to give a platform. I know that when a lifter steps onto that twelve by twelve, they know that they are safe. They know that they can give it every single ounce they've got, and so. If I'm creating the best atmosphere for those lifters to be able to push the boundaries of human achievement and sport, and that, that way, if everybody goes nine for nine in that case, and that means everybody knows if you won, you won everybody's best day. That is what my, I want my legacy in the sport to be, is that I help create the best atmosphere for people to push themselves past what they perceive their limits to be. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So it's funny, if you would have asked me this when I was close to your age, Brianna, 21, <laughs> I probably would have said something like, I want to be able to lift at the WPO before I'm done with yeah. my lifting. And maybe when I would have been close to having my opportunity, the, the WPO disappeared. Womp womp. Um, and at yeah. this point, that's probably that that ship has sailed at this point, I would say. So I, my legacy at this point is probably more on the promotion meet directing end and i hope that i can provide a platform like bain has talked about where you know people can lift and you know help contributing to things like the wpo that can help move the sport forward in a positive way um somebody like wayne and michael they're they're very much big picture people um they're the ones that see you know how you can get the wpo on espn and how you can attract the big lifters mm -hmm. that's not necessarily my skill set as much um, definitely I'm more of the logistical background, Oh yeah, which is definitely the, the role I've tried to help out within meets like the WPO or, you know, in general with the APF. So I hope that's the type of legacy that I can create, um, you know, through being involved in the sport for so many years. I, I, I try to model myself after Ernie Franz. I'm certainly not the lifter he was in his day, but you know, he, beyond his lifting, he had a legacy of, you know, starting the APF and starting the Franz power team. Mm -hmm. Um, and touching a lot of people through his years. I mean, yeah. gosh, Ernie still comes to meets now, and he'll have a line of people waiting to talk to him because he, you know, had so many people that lifted under him or that he helped. Um, I don't the, know that'll the, be that, but the, it, it'd the be... Franz bloodline through Chicago is just enormous. It's crazy. Yeah, no doubt. So before we go to the last question, because this one is more of a joke, but I do want Eric for you to quickly talk about the last deadlift of, and I'm spacing on Dave's last name, Kershen. Kershen, thank you. Because oh, yes. you got to announce that. So we're talking about legacy right here. You want to talk about, if, and if folks have never seen this video, I think I posted it. I think, Brianna, I think you posted it too, maybe. Somebody else did. Um, can you talk about that for a second? Just like the lead sure. up to it and then the announcing of it. And just and if you guys want to share too, because like, you guys were in the audience when it happened, correct? Yes. Yeah, I also know Dave. Yeah, we've lifted uh, next to Dave a few times down at Hellbent. Okay. Um, so if you yeah, guys could also a give a little perspective from that end too, like hearing that, watching it happen, because I'll be honest, I, I was up there and I was doing everything I could to keep it together. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. prior to his last deadlifts, or actually it was after his first deadlift, mm -hmm. uh, Dave came up and he passed in a second and he put in for his third and he stayed up at the table and he looked at me and I said, you know, kind of like, you know what, what's going on? What's up, dude? And I've known him at meets through many years. I mean, he's been a lead FTS sponsored lifter, so... I've probably known of him or known him for a number of years at meets. Um, and he said to me, hey, Eric, um, this next deadlift is going to be my last one. I'm retiring afterward. So if you know you want to say something to the crowd be so people understand why maybe I'm breaking down and crying, um, I'd appreciate it. And I said, understood. And I kind of contemplated on, like, how should I approach that as the announcer? And I ultimately decided to try to get the crowd up prior to the deadlift. 
but I didn't want to announce that this was going to be his last deadlift until it was over because I didn't want that flood of emotions to come over him personally mm-hmm. before yeah. going for that deadlift. And I, 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 would yeah. agree, I would agree with Bane. I mean, I was at tears or near tears announcing I'm, I'm it. I'm choking up listening to you talk about it again. Yeah, like, no, just I every was, time. Man. Yeah. Dan and I were both looked at each other and we were like, Oh, dude, both yeah, I, I know how long he's been involved in the sport, and I know you know how much he's put into the sport mm-hmm. personally and and everything else. And so, seeing him get that last deadlift was one of the cooler moments that I've seen in the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really it was a touching moment mm-hmm. just because you can see like in that one moment, just like I don't know what was going through his head, but I'm sure it was just like a everything that he had done in that sport or, or I guess from like a, uh, somebody who was watching it point of view, it seemed like everything that he had done in that sport, like was just on a reel in front of us, even though we really couldn't physically see it, but it was just such a great moment to watch him get emotional over, um, that entire moment. Just like he was able to pull his third. Didn't he miss his first? Well, it's weird too. No, he like, got his it's first. A moment, it's a moment that we're watching happen that we that we know is coming for all of us too. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, and he just got to write it. We may not get to. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep, that's very true. And dude, he's him, such a fucking good guy too. Oh, yeah, one of the best. Him just yeah. like put his belt down and walk into the crowd and like share wife. that moment with his loved ones like it was just a really the entire thing it didn't seem damn it Brie, now I'm of a clubs, damn you <laughs> yeah. it didn't seem planned it seemed so like it was just such a great um moment in powerlifting i think that was like really cool of him to do that amen well and then he actually qualified for the super finals he was in the top 15 yeah. yep. he was number yeah, 14 he and there was some discussion over you know how we should announce that because i was announcing the the top 15 mm-hmm. i made the argument we should announce him at least let him come up have his one more moment mm-hmm. and you know announce that hey you know david kershen has placed top 14 he's 14th but he has opted to give his spot up and because of that, the 16th lifter, who was Adam Zubchek, mm-hmm. who was literally like a one point. one point away from 15th place, was able to then take mm-hmm. his spot in the top 15, which was in and of itself very cool. Yes. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah. Well, guys, we, we've been talking for two hours and three minutes at this point, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, Not five, quite as long as Fahey. Yeah. Five hours of conversation <laughs> is, is a lot for us. Um so my last question, Stan, this is for you. Is bodybuilding a sport? I think it 100% is. So it's not just posing in your underwear? Does anybody disagree with that? <laughs> no, I just I, I heard there was a pretty spirited argument uh, between you and Dalton. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, Dalton, Dalton argued with me for about an hour trying to tell me it wasn't. And by the end of it, I convinced him that he was wrong. It's a sport. It's just not what I'd want to do. Amen. I I just no 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 I enjoy being extra thick and I'm just not gonna. I wouldn't mind the training, but I could not handle the cardio and the 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 nutrition. That's what I couldn't do, man. Yeah, I couldn't handle that. Can't lose weight because then his uh, his normal coworkers coworkers will feel bad about themselves. They will. Like I just and I and I love scotch and beer too much. Yeah, no, no, that's really what it is. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> Guys, any any last thoughts? I, I think I think we've got a lot of content for everybody. Any last thoughts? Anything else? No, this was cool, no, man. This was, this was awesome. I, Thank I, you for was, having us on. 
it was nice Same. to actually get to talk, talk to you guys for an extended period of time yeah. instead of that quick, like, two minutes at the WPO. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, and I, uh, you know, Bree, I do wish somebody would have caught our faces when we finally made eye contact at the WPO because we were, like, little kids, like, oh, my God. <sighs> Dude, it was, it was really cool for me because, honestly, I'm pretty introverted, too, and I, like, get really awkward still, even with the podcast. I do get a little awkward with, like, those first-time interactions in person. Sure. And, like, I – in that moment, I felt no, like, no, nothing, like, holding me back from being like, oh, that's the dude. <laughs> you, know, you, know you know what? You know what fucks it up is when you walk into a room and one of you notices the other first, but you, you don't catch eye contact. Yes. And then, and then the opposite happens, and then the opposite happens, yeah. and then you've been in the room for ten minutes and not said hi to each other, and then it's like, then it's awkward. Uh, then it's weird. Now. But, but no, yeah. it was, uh, it was awesome meeting was- you guys. Then it is so much fun. You know, chat with you guys today, and definitely, and I th- I think we may have to do it again. You know, there there is a super finals coming up definitely. later this year. Yeah, definitely come and come and say hi to us again if you're going to be here in Chicago in October. Mm-hmm. If it looks I like do. I'm busy, it's okay. You could still say hi to me when I'm helping run meets. I'm usually like running around with like a chicken with the head cut off. Yeah, um, I'm not angry. Yeah. I'm usually just like stressed. <laughs> yeah, he's strong. He's just yeah. not angry all the time. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're hoping to be there. It would be really cool to go see Chicago. We've never, neither of us have ever been to Chicago, so okay, that would be awesome. Yeah, the, the the train is right here in uh, in Lombard and Lyle. It's forty minutes, and it gets you right to the city. And I'll uh, I'll be happy to take you guys around the West Loop and show you the Bean, show you all the fun stuff. The Sweet. Bean. The Bean. <laughs> Hell yeah! Cool, dude. All right, guys. Well, we we have a typical sign off. So I don't know if you guys have one or. Um. Not really. We usually we usually just do negative positive and then we uh, say toodles. Okay. <laughs> so do, we'll do negative positive and then we'll do our sign off. So I'll let you guys start. Okay. Um. Oh fuck! I wasn't prepared for this. Womp womp. Um. Dang. Well, my positive. This has nothing to do with the podcast. I'm about to get down with some fucking video games with my friends, dude. That a kid. Uh, awesome. Love the it. The only way. Just like what we're doing right now, the only way to still communicate with people is on the fucking internet, man. Right, so, right. I take advantage of it. Um, and my negative for the week is just, dude, I'm like starting to go insane without without uh, working. I just feel lazy. Do you have house you know? projects? Do you have a honeydew list you can do? Oh, well, the, I, there's plenty to do, but a lot of it costs. A lot of it costs uh, money. Gotcha. Understood. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. if we start a project, then we're gonna spend money on it. Yep. And I don't have money right now. <laughs> Laundry is free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, shots fired. Well played. And you're welcome for that setup, Brianna. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, my my positive is that I have pretty much been able to go for like a 40 minute walk every day, nice. and that helps me uh, just like stay mentally and physically sane too. So the dog's been loving it too. So we've been going for some long walks. Um, my negative, ah, fuck. I don't know. I feel like there's so much negativity out there right now. I'm not even going to say negative today. Love I'm going to say fuck it. Love um, it. Yeah. Why don't you guys give negative positive? Sure. Yeah. Positive. Um, I will say that this time off has allowed me to do some research for this podcast. And I, I released an article mm-hmm. um, kind of around the Franz versus USPF IPF lawsuit that I definitely would not have had the time to do. Yep. Had I been running the gym, running meets, training clients. So that that's definitely mm-hmm. positive. I've had some extra time to dive deeper into things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the negative is just that I have to keep my gym doors closed until at least the end of April, which yeah. sucks. 
that it does suck, dude. That that mega I sucks. Mean, but I, I have people that would like you know, it's like the one time in business where like you have ready customers that would, if you said yes, would come in and would sign storm up, the door basically. But you just can't, can't do it. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, you know what's you know what's funny. This is kind of off topic, but uh, I've seen a couple like memes. There's by the way, there's great memes from this coronavirus. Yes. Great memes. Um, but I've seen one that says like. Just when you feel like you almost have your shit together, this happens. And yep. that is so true. I was feeling so good. I was like, dude, Same. financially, I feel great. Like, work's going okay. Like, workouts are going good. And, and then this hits you and you're like, oh, I knew it was too good to be true. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Bane, you got to finish this out? I, I will. Uh, you know what? Start with the negative. I'll tell you what. Selling over the phone to transportation provide or companies fucking sucks. It's, yeah. It is so hard, um, especially when you get some folks who just feel like you're insensitive when you're trying to bring a solution to them. Um, mm-hmm. But positive is I've probably spent more time with my family, the six of us, over the last three weeks uh, than we have in the previous probably three months just because of different schedules with myself, my wife, my kids. Uh, we've done more family game nights, more meals together, and it's uh, it's awesome. It drives us all nuts sometimes, but it is awesome. <laughs> that's, great. that's great man yeah that's yeah. really good that's what the kids will remember is like they won't they'll remember this yep this these next few weeks or months or whatever it ends up being they'll remember this forever so exactly that's great that you can make it a positive experience exactly with that all right y'all yeah this is the <laughs> strengthening your podcast and the everybody sucks podcast and this is eric stone oh, yeah. signing out strength and anger